Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, to this podcast called What the Fuck, and I'm your host, Purgatory Pete. Today's subject, Fort McMurray. Holy shit. (laughs) Holy shit. Um, No, it's Tales with TR. I'm your host, Terry Ryan. Thanks for tuning in. And just a shout out to my buddies in Fort McMurray, uh, very close. There's a metaphorical pipeline, if you will, between Newfoundland and Alberta. Uh, we share the oil industry and a lot of uh, workers. A lot of my friends. Uh, hang in there, boys. Uh, Fox Fagan. Just talked to him the other day. And things were looking up. They still are, I'm sure. You guys just pull together. I'm talking about the floods, by the way. Um, and not only that, but, uh, you know, the the forest fire there a few years ago. These are generational things. Coronavirus, their flood, and uh, that fire a few years ago, you know, those are gen- once-in-a-lifetime kind of things that have impacted a small community. But uh, if anything, Albertans slash Newfoundlanders are resilient. We love working together. That's true. We love it, too. It's, it's not just something that if we have to, but they're, they're tight communities. Both provinces share a lot in common. Um, and good luck to you. We love you out there. And yeah. Um, we're going to have Andrew Peters on again. So, uh, it's a long story, I suppose, but, um, over the past couple days, uh, I was going to have Tyler Morrison on a great comedian, but I had, I didn't get to any of the questions that people wanted for Andrew. First of all, I hogged the mic myself. I got to one, I think. And there are things here that people, I mean, I didn't ask him much about like actually playing in the NHL, which I probably should have. But anyway, the, the last time was, was a bit of fun. 
because uh, I'd never met Andrew, but like I said, we got in a fight. I'm sure if you heard the interview that we had a lot in common, more than we thought we did. And uh, for those reasons, though, it was an interesting conversation for me. But I think maybe some of the listeners might have, um, not saying they didn't enjoy it, but they definitely didn't get to hear their questions answered because I know I didn't answer them or I didn't ask them. So we're going to have him on, and I got him queued up. So all my preamble and everything, I was going to talk about something specific. I never really get around to the letters that people um, ask me, and I had a couple of good ones there. So I'll get to it right after um, this upcoming interview. Oh, and remember, Southern Scholar Socks, men out there, Southern Scholar Socks. They're the best. Make sure you look into it. Okay, Andrew Peters coming up. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, back for volume two by popular demand. He has broken his beak and was already on this week. It certainly went well with women and men, so fuck it, why not have him on again? Drafted number 34, this cool dude is back for more. We had a nice chat, and like the cat, he came back. He was here Tuesday, it's true, but hell, why not Friday too? You don't want to be missing, of course, you're going to have to listen. When I go to Walmart, I wink at the greeters. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Andrew Peters. How you doing, buddy? Hey. First of all, <laughs> first of all. Hashtag searching for a rhyme. I was thinking about you the other day after you did that. I was like, oh, I would love to hijack that idea, but it's just not original anymore to me. You, yeah, you're the first one I've heard do it. But yeah, I'm like, what could he say in the next one? He's not a litigator. He's a host of the instigators. <laughs> oh, I could. I could have done that. So, yeah. But why don't you do it? Do it. All you no, are, you're just, oh, God. You're just giving me an homage. If, I anybody, don't have ever, the, if anybody ever if, ever talks about it, then you got to say my name, and then I get out there. I don't have the voice. <laughs> See, the, okay. the, the, <clears throat> the voice, like, like you can't just do Michael Buffer. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do know what you mean, yeah. And I, I honestly, I, I don't think we can all – Ever notice when, like, you hear your voice the other end, it doesn't sound like you for a while? Like, you know what I mean? Getting it doesn't in, sound good. I, I often don't like hearing my voice. Okay, in a non-egotistical way. Yeah. Sometimes so, to be honest. Sometimes so, if you have, like, a, you know, I definitely went back and listened to our conversation the other day. Everything, the whole thing. Oh, yeah. The whole and thing. I, you know, it was, because it was, I, number one, before we do it again, that segment brought to you by Ridlin. <laughs> oh, uh, oh yeah, the ADD man. was in full effect for both me and me, for sure. Both, but, both sides. I know, I know. But, but that's another reason, by listen. the way, before you go on, that's why I don't like it, but that's why I re-listen too, because you can see sometimes you can improve even on a conversation by re-listening. And you can learn something else about the person because when you're talking – you know, it, it, it's spontaneous. When you re-listen to me, that's where, all, that's where my information gets stored. It's gathered in the first conversation. It's stored in the listen. Go ahead. <laughs> that's, there's something you learn from the first one. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <laughs> now, I didn't get, to any, of the, uh, I didn't get no. to any of the fan questions either, so I got a couple to ask you that came from the fans. So do you ever go back? You obviously go back and listen. And the first bunch of times it's brutal. Yeah. It still is brutal. Mm. 
Like I say, do I really sound like that? Do I, it's not necessarily anything specific that I say. It's how I sound. I'm like, man, I would have shut me off a long time ago. It's both for me. I can't believe it. I know I listen and I'm like, sometimes I'm disgusted. More often than not, I cannot listen to it. I got to go, what in the fuck is anybody doing tuning into this shit? Honestly. And then like, I just have to look at the messages or whatever. I'm not saying I'm really not hugely popular. I don't know. There's, there's, I'm not fucking claiming that this is, I got to beat off fans with a fucking stick. That's not what I'm saying. But generally, whoever listens to my podcast, I get a lot of positive feedback. I'm telling you, I get way more positive than negative, and I can't believe it. I'm listening to it going, this drivel, and this idiot just keeps going and going and going and going. This idiot's been telling a story for 45 minutes. Right now, this idiot has a guest on, and he won't shut the fuck up. <laughs> Right now, tomorrow, when I'm in the bath and I got this on and I'm listening to it, I'm not going to be able to listen to it. This is the, I'm speaking Don't, and I well, hate let myself. Me, let me speak to future Terry for a second in the bath. Yes. Okay. Number one, don't forget to get those hard-to-reach places. And number two, don't <laughs> shut it off. Don't shut it off. Keep, oh, keep listening. Love yes. the hat, by the way. <laughs> oh, nice. Thanks. Oh fuck! So anyway, I'm gonna. I'm just great gonna intro. Great intro. Thank you. Great intro. You can take the idea. It's just an idea. No, 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 no. Does no, Riv- it's, it's a good one though. Does Rivy ever come in with uh, crossword puzzles? How often do you do you guys do you see them? Well, I before. Yeah, I, I know. Bef- in, like before this, every yeah. day, like every Monday through Friday. Did he ever do crossword puzzles? I asked because, like, it's one of the things I remember. Him and I would go on the road, and everybody'd be playing cards, and I don't know why, but we we would do crossword puzzles consistently. I, I, and I don't know if either one of us were really into them, or if it was because he was young and I was young, and we were nervous to talk to the old guys. I can't remember the answer. I really don't know. I just know me and Rip used to get on. You gotta you gotta get him on here and ask him. But I played with him for a year. Yeah, I know that was. It wasn't he your captain. And- yeah. Yeah, we saw him at Twins of the Spectrum because well, I was with him as well, a rookie, so it was two different things. Well, we've told this story a hundred times. Hold on. In the, I don't know about the crossword puzzle. I, I want to say that I remember something with he, and him with crossword puzzles. I, I really I would, do. You know what? I was just, just kind of curious. I was just talking out my ass because that even the, the question I was going to ask you is like fighting your brother. That was the question. <laughs> it couldn't have been any further. Well, I was just mumbling to myself, looking down. I, was, I saw a crossword puzzle in the corner that was half done. I'm like, oh, Rivy. And I just looked at you and said it, forgetting that there's people listening. That are, if they haven't tuned out already, anyway. and that's why they listen. That's and why they. That's listen. why. And future Terry, don't don't shut it off. So no, listen, I don't. But no, seriously, he. Whether you talk about fighting my brother or talk about uh, Craig Reve, it's it's the same thing. <laughs> I mean, like I work with him every day, and and I can honestly tell you, like, uh, I love the guy. I mean, I loved him when I played against him, and when we when we first. When we first, our, do you want to hear a story? Of course. This is a true story. And I mean, like, well, it's out there on the internet. And I mean, your listeners, I don't know where they're coming from, but they probably haven't heard this story. But if you're familiar with our show and what we do, which probably a lot of your listeners may or may not be, depending, I don't know. But they know our story. But you may not know our story. So he played in Montreal. And I played against him for a couple of years. And, I, and, and he will tell you this story when he comes on fact for fact. 
he was a tough SOB man. Like mm -hmm. he was physical and he was a prick to play against. And I hated him. Yeah. Legitimately hated him. I hated it. I hated everything about him. I, it didn't matter. You said Craig Rivet to me and I, I hated him. That's real hatred. Not for any one thing he did to me, just how he constant. played, yeah. how he just the constant well said, but, but if, if you know him, you absolutely, I'm not, you absolutely adore him. You and respect him and love him on your, you can't, you can't not, it's possible. But if you don't know him and you play against him, you hate, you despise, you despise him. Okay. I can see that. We're 0607. He hates when we talk about this year, but 0607, Montreal Canadiens. I can't remember. I can't remember much about that. It doesn't even matter. The fact is, we got TSN in our locker room in Buffalo. We heard we got right Montreal just won a couple games, and they loved shoving the mic in his face because he was a great interview. He is still a great interview. Like he, he, his analytics of the like his analytics, his, his analysis of the game is phenomenal. Yeah. I don't want to give him too much credit because at one point I did despise this man. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. Legitimately despised him. I so, can totally see that, but I, I totally see why he was captain too. So I, I'm curious to hear your story. I didn't vote for him, but he was a great captain. But that's that all go to this. But um, he, he, the microphone's in his face, and the guy in TSN asked a question, and he goes, emotion is good. He has hat on. I like this backwards. Emotion is good. Emotion is good. I, I think we I think we play well enough. I think we can beat the Buffalo Sabres here on Saturday night. We're we're we won the president's trophy that year, went to the conference final. We were a really good team, right? And we went over the scores of those games. Like it was they were still close. I mean, the parity of the league was incredible, but and they could have beaten us on any given night if we didn't play well. And they played really well, right? So it, like he's not wrong, but we heard that. And granted, I'd already chased him around for a year and a half, right? Yeah. And he, he's not going to fight me. He's playing 20-plus minutes a night, whatever. And we go He'll in there. He'll stick you, though. He'll he, stick yeah, you oh, those calves right, right on the back of those skates. Won't he? Lay a, oh, man. I he'll remember try, that about him. Yeah. He'll verbally, he'll verbally abuse you. Yeah. Right up in he'll, your face, too. Spit yeah. going all over your face. <laughs> yeah. You know it. Yeah. So... So, uh, we go in there and we're, I don't know, we're, we're lying. We're, I'm doing like a, I don't know if you, you know, this guy, uh, Greenough, Greenall, hey, he's from, I think he's out that way. And he, yeah, he he's does all Nova these Scotia funny, or whatever. he does these funny fourth line, the fourth liner things. Yeah. Oh my God. I've seen incredible. them. I don't, he actually, I had Donald McLean on this podcast about four or five podcasts ago. There's a good name. Um, and Donnie, I guess they're friends and he is. So he texted me and said, you got to see this. Okay, so he, he sent okay. me the Twitter thing of the first one. I'm like, what the fuck's going on here? And then Where he's talking about the fourth line responsibilities. Oh man. The, <laughs> the TV. I was and doing he's the right TV. though. He's yeah, right. He's, he's bang on. I know. He's, he's bang on. I, I'm so embarrassed watching it. I'm like, Oh my God, he's got the leg shake going and everything. I'm yeah. like, we had, we adapt into that role and it's disgusting. <laughs> anyway, anyway, uh, so Rim, I'm doing my TV timeout skate, but only I'm going across the red line and we're at the bell center. Okay. And Downey's on the ice and Surrey's on the ice and Rims is on the ice. And I'm standing there looking, I'm yelling right at Rive. Right. Yeah. Oh yeah. Mr. TSN. 
oh, motion is good. Emotion is good. We're going to be like, and I chased him. We used to talk about him before, before the games wow. about Marcy oh, and yeah. I would be like, Riv, you're going to go after him. I'm like, I'm going after Riv a first shift. I'm going after him. Marcy's like, well, he'll, he'll fight me. So he ends up fighting Marcy. And long, the long, like, this is a long story. So, so to try to round it off two years later, he gets traded to San Jose. So we don't see him very often. Two years later, He's traded to the Buffalo Sabres. Oh, there you go. Okay. And not only is he traded to the Buffalo Sabres, he didn't want to come here. <laughs> he, no. did not. He, he lives here now. He didn't call our GM back for three weeks. At least three weeks. And he, he's going to come on. I'm going to make him come on. And he laughed about the Rafi suits and everything. We'll talk about that. But he'll come on your show, and he'll tell you this story verbatim. He's told it on our air. I'm not telling you anything that's not out there, okay? Really? No, I didn't know he, this. How did this not he, get out at the time? He did not want to. That's how, well, some things are tight-knit, right? I don't know. Like, he just didn't call the GM back. GM's not going to go to the media. Yeah, we made a big trade for this right-handed defenseman who can come in and be a leader for us. But he doesn't want to come here. No one's going to say that. That's not getting out, right? Wow. He's not, but, like... But what do you mean? But there's a period between three weeks. Like, do you mean well, the trade we, was no, made? No, no, it was in the summertime. I'm sorry, we traded for him in the oh, summertime. There's okay. the missing link of the story. I don't mean yeah, missing. Now I get dates. it. Yeah, I, I got He's it. He's traded to us in the summer, midsummer. I don't know the date. Midsummer. So okay. yeah, it makes sense why you're lost there. About yeah, midsummer. He's traded to us. He arrives. He ends up calling the GM. I think his wife Krista made him call. I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm certain he said that. If I'm wrong, sorry. But he, he definitely – I think his wife, Chris, is like, you got you to gotta call the GM. You got to call. This is not right. So he ends up calling. He shows up day one. He shows up day one. I had the worst year of my – my worst year-end meeting in hockey with the general manager and the coach the summer prior. I was literally looking for anybody to try and kill when I came to training camp. The first – when we traded for him, oh my that God. was my that was my that was now my all moment. Of a sudden, so two years before, the guy who bothers you the absolute most, oh, he's there. Most. Now he's there. A year later, you're you're hurting. You're you're like fuck. I gotta go there. I gotta grab somebody, <laughs> and then you hear that not only is he there, now but I'm he already on come the team, to your man. team. I, I'm on the I'm already on the team. I've been here, and he doesn't want to come here, and I hated him to begin with. Wow. That's a that's so a perfect I, storm. I literally trained all summer. It was like Rocky. You know how when he tore the picture of Drago off in Rocky Four, and wow. and there's that was that I had a picture of Riv up there. Wow, River <laughs> River. This Rive, is a true hatred. This Riv. Well, I mean, maybe a little overblown, but whatever. That's my. Well, problem, you know, as you can get on the ice, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, there's always a. There's I guess always a true score to settle. Is, is you know wanting. <laughs> Not a true, I don't know if there are many true hatreds, but this is as fierce as I've seen a disgust for another player. <laughs> yeah, it was bad. At least all on ice. I've seen worse. So, Someone does something off ice, but I've, I've never seen this for, for what you're telling okay. me. You, you were just so making the opponents. There's no other shows, thing. You just hated him. On the yeah, I, 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 I hated him. <laughs> I, hated, I hated him. And he was really good. And he was really good at what he did, and I think that's yeah. why I hated him. So he shows up first day that he arrives and, and half of us are already half dressed. We're going on at the, uh, the, the, the practice rank and somehow 
where I'm seated, I'm situated like there's a wall where he would come in and I would be behind the wall, but he would look into the room. There's a guy there and then all that wall. So if he turned left, you'd see like that whole right side would be a wall of guys, a guy in front of you, a door going into another room and then a wall of guys and then me right against the corner. So I'd be like to his, to his back left shoulder behind him almost when he came in. So he walks in and he's like, hello, how are you? Craig Reve, Craig Reve, all the way down the one right side. I see him. I'm like, I don't want to meet this guy. I can't meet him because in four days or five days or a week or whatever it was when he got there before camp, I'm like, it's go time, baby. Wow. Right? Okay. So what happened? So I'm, I'm not, I'm rarely the first guy in the ice. Oh my God. I thought your story was over there. I was going to say, holy fuck. How anticlimactic is that? But okay. It does. You get there. You go on the ice. So, did you think that was the story? Well, I was wondering. I was looking at. No, no, no. I'm no. I'm going to drag this out. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I was. I'm, I'm hoping it's not. Tune I want in to be next dragged week. out. Tune in next week. For podcast. The rest of the story. I got all the time in the world. <laughs> this is a meaning. This is a meaningless <laughs> podcast in the middle of a virus outbreak. You well, tell me. I, I feel. I, I feel bad. Is my story too long? No. Fuck no. You're look who you're asking. I've started <laughs> stories and had to. Yeah. I've started stories in the morning. I, you know, my dad. <laughs> My mom has had to live with me and my dad our whole lives. <laughs> I love it. So I get dressed as fast as I can. I'm the first guy on the ice. So he can't, he doesn't get a chance to say hello to me or, or well, like, hey, how are you? Nice to meet you. So I'm now like one of the last guys that he's met, if not the last guy. And I'm skating around on the ice. Now he gets dressed. He's on the ice. We're skating around, passing. And I'm giving you all these small details because I want to paint the picture for everyone. What do you mean you're passing? You're passing it with him? Guys are passing around, you know? Like I know what you mean around at the beginning. And, but no. If you were paired <laughs> off specifically with him... No, would, okay. we weren't. You didn't we're, go out there and like before. wink and start passing no. it to each other. <laughs> no, no. Okay. So, guys are passing it, shooting on the open net. You know, like waiting for the goalies to come on, like just skating around counterclockwise. Never know why we went counterclockwise, but we did going counterclockwise, just shooting the puck and stuff. He comes on the ice. He throws me a pass cross ice right to my backhand because he's a righty, I'm a lefty. Throws it across the ice, like right in the middle of the neutral zone. Like I'm going this way, he's going this way. Oh, my God. Comes right on my – I lift my stick. Oh, my. I, oh, my. I knew you were going to say that. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Is that childish to me? Was that childish? Like was that him trying to bury well, the Well, like – Hold on, it's yeah. not over yet. Uh, that used to happen uh, only when I was I was on total good terms. And in your yeah, that's fun. I, I, unless <laughs> unless this situation you're painting is happening, go ahead. It's awkward at best right now. It's it's awkward for me too. I swear yeah. to God. As at that moment, I'm like, I gotta stand my ground. I'm not taking this pass from this guy. Wow. Boom! Lift my lift my stick. Now, if you know Riv, that stings the pride a little bit. Okay. Uh, yeah. So now I'm on the other side of the rink, exact same spot. He's in the exact, like he's timing it. Zing's another one. Beautiful pass right on my backhand. What do I do, Terry? You what do I go. do? You, let it, <laughs> you act as if there's nothing there. <laughs> I lift the stick again. Uh, like, oh, what's up? What's on my blade? What's on my blade? Oh, God. You're he skates over to me. He flies over whacks me in the ass with his stick not hard just a little a little chop just a little tap like hey hey you got a fucking problem with me i go yeah oh i go i i go i hate you 
and I'm going to, <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to kill you at training camp. He goes, good. I hate you too. And he skated away. Wow. I, I love, two, a, two, I love two, both two of days, you guys, what you've done here. I love that you your stick, and I love that he called you on it. <laughs> two days later. Yeah. We were shit faced on a patio somewhere. And nothing ever happened after that. Okay. Here, here he is living in Buffalo. And we do a radio show together. Wow. I, is yeah, that I'm crazy? I'm glad you didn't say you threw him over the deck. There was a part of me there was going to go two days later, and we're in Buffalo, and I threw him over three stories. Yeah, no, I'm glad that you guys have been. That's usually the way it is. That's hockey, but fuck. I that's, usually, well, that's kind of the point, right? Is that that's hockey. Eh? Like, like, but see, that's tell, the difference. Tell right me there. that ha hatchets are always buried over beers, even though I don't drink anymore, but still, or, they always. Or weed, they, or whatever. I'm not saying you do they, over bonding or, or video game or whatever the fuck it is. If you're hanging yeah. out with, some, with somebody, you go to a movie, you know, you go to a movie. I don't I, know how many times, you know, in the past or, you know, you hang out, you all get together. I'm dating myself, but we used to get together and watch Seinfeld because we had guys on our team that were, that were alcoholics and couldn't drink. Right. So we, that was something that came on weekly. It was on Thursday. We didn't usually play there. You, you, you know, I know what you're saying. It doesn't have to be booze. It often is. <laughs> But it's just, it's like that. That's hockey though. That's, I don't think people really, they don't get that either. Is that you can hate a guy that much, but once he's on your team. Now, do I, do I truly believe that I would have gone after him at camp? I don't know. I think I would have might to see. I know. I, I, you... I think I would have might have to see. I might have waited to see how the uh, lineup shook out. You're, you, the there internet. was a fuse. Yeah. You were just waiting. You, one errant stick, anything. One he bumps the goalie, anything, and you were going him. Because I tell you this, because you would have anyway. First of all, and second, that's the difference with Riv and myself, is that we were both willing on the ice to do whatever. But he really, I think he kind of got off on pissing people off, and he didn't mind if. You fucking hate him off the ice. Like, it's it. Like, I, ideally for me, I fight a guy in the penalty box. Maybe, you know, you have share some respect, whether that's, hey, what's going on or, or, or whatever. You know, it's my job. We're going to go out. Or you don't even have to talk. But ideally, you know, I know the guy respects me. He doesn't go out and be any dirtier. The game's over. We respect each other. If I see him at the bar, hey, how you doing? Maybe have a beer. Um, and I'm not saying you chum up with the guy, but uh, that's ideally for me. Riv, I think, enjoyed pissing people off like you and it didn't bother him one bit if that lasted it it it'd sting him but it, he liked it, to be stung you know what i mean like that was his like you said oh when when, when he came no over, you're no it, it didn't sting him yeah he loved it yeah he loved it and and for yeah, me yeah, I, I would i would it. honestly get anxiety at night i'm like you know i'm being a prick he didn't care and i love that about him i'm not saying there's anything wrong with it either because he's also straight up. The fact that he came over right away, that's captain material. I was a great assistant captain. I'd be in the room wherever I was, you know, get the boys going, whatever. Later in life, you know, I'm playing senior hockey and everything. And because of experience, become a captain or whatever. But he was right off the bat. like him Right off the bat. Here, right? Yeah, like, I don't it, even know that I would have done that to somebody. I would have just waited to see them in the room. And, hey, man. like what? I think so, too. Yeah. He came right I over think, to you. I think so, too. Well, I, I mean... He gets on the ice, finds a puck. Who's he look for? Yeah. Yeah, he knew what he was doing. He, I, I don't know. I mean, 
Everybody's it's a, different. It's a, it's a calculus. I mean, I, I got to tell you, like, that's a, that, how hard is that? Like, our entire team, and he'll tell you, our, he hated our entire team. He, 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 he said you guys were so good. He, guys like Adam Mayer who would run you. He goes, I played with Mersey, by the way, here in St. John's. I played with Mersey. Yeah, he came up the other day. You know what? I'm going to tell you. Tough. Yeah. Tough. Love the way he played, first of all. One of the best nicknames, too, he was given uh, by the trainer in, in Buffalo uh, is Scud Missile. Scud Missile. Yeah, I can see yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, I can see that. And Jesus, I guess I'll get to someone's question. But uh, Sorry, man. I totally went down. A, I totally. Sorry. No, sorry. don't be sorry, dude. This is good. I'm loving it. Dude, you my, I said I said sorry to my seven year old son the other day who you met at the end of the show. Yeah. We were walking, we were walking throwing the baseball. And here in the States, they say sorry. Like where I live with the accent, they say sorry. Oh, okay. So yeah. I said to my son, I was walking and 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 I threw we threw the baseball and it missed and went over his head and he had to go get it. I said, Oh, sorry, buddy. He goes, What's sorry, daddy? Wow, did you did you show him the board game? I said, "Well, <laughs> no, no, but I I gave, I came up with some fourth any line. Case, any I, case. I came up with some fourth line explanation for the difference, but anyway, I just thought it was funny when you said In any story. case, yeah, don't apologize. These are great stories. I I just I love Rivian. I could talk about them all day for those reasons. And I hope I didn't yeah, I hope in no way I painted any kind of picture that I don't like what he did. Everybody's different, and people in a hockey dressing room need guys like uh, me to, to, to keep it loose. But you, you need I don't a guy like, like what that. he did. He's like he was the kind of guy in the in the dressing room. Yes, he was the kind of guy. Amazing. Now, when I fought Tidomi the first time, he came down from he was sitting out because it was exhibition and whatever. I think he whatever the reason. Um, so he came down, like right up from the gondola and came down and talked and he was pumped and i mean we didn't know each other that great i mean we didn't I, I didn't play junior with him or anything when i first came in but he was played with tucker and all them and tucks was my roommate so i got to know him but he was he, he would be like that he'd be pumped for you but he also would call you out if you weren't working hard enough like he was the kind of guy in the gym to go come on now two extra sets don't leave early and i used to be like why why the fuck does he care like that but it, it's just him it's ribby was oh and his, are you kidding me or, yeah fantastic career great leader yeah, so if he wasn't like that, I don't know that he would have made it. You know, a lot of people get there, and I'm not disrespecting Craig Rive's talent or guys like him, but that's what, to me, separated him. As soon as I saw him, I realized. I'm like, oh, fuck, this guy works hard. He knows what he wants, gets in people's face. He doesn't give a fuck. Well, he had to compete with some first-round picks to make the team, like David Wilkie. Yeah, he did. Yeah. And some other, like, there were first-round picks. He was a third-round pick. You're right. 923 games. I mean, you know, he was, he'll tell you right out of the gate, he coming out of junior, he had 74 points in junior as a defenseman. He was 170 pounds or 60 something pounds when he was drafted. Eh? Brad Brown. I love Brownie. Brownie's a buddy of mine. Brownie ended up with 300 and something games, 90, 90 odd games actually. But Rivy made it ahead of him. Oh, right? Rivy came in at a, at a time where, yeah, there was. He was probably when he got drafted on the on the depth chart, uh, you know, definitely not in the top ten in the organization. But he played his way there. He went to Freddie. See, he went to Freddie, and people saw in the AHL like he was a young captain there. Yeah, he was. <laughs> but wasn't he captain his second year or something? And having gone through, yeah. Whereas I, I'm a couple of years younger, but I saw it every year I was there. He was graduating uh, further and further up the ladder. So I can tell you from I, I know that when he went. 
to, to Fredericton, he, he, he made leaps and bounds. And by like half, halfway through the time in Fredericton, they knew he was going to be on the Canadians. I just know that from now, you know, being, being there in, in, in the presence of all that at the time. Not sure if he even yeah. knows that. Um, okay, but uh, if you could be any woman in the, in the history of mankind, who would you be and why? Any woman. If you, if you could be any woman. This okay. is woman. not possible. It isn't possible at all. But if it was, if we had some sort of machine that you had to be female and you could pick, you could plant yourself any place in any time. <sighs> wow. And that's my question. I haven't even gotten to the fans questions yet. Oh, fuck. I've been volume three. How long have we been on? No, this is great. Um, there's more options I... nowadays because women were oppressed until like the 1900s. So really, I mean, there's, there's famous women, but I try to think about it. I'm like, you know, why do I not know many women in, in, in history other than Cleopatra and a few more? Well, the reason is because they couldn't even vote till 19, 1900s. I'll see Margaret Thatcher. Well, strong leader, decision maker, would have been not... in... Captain well, because material? I have because I have none of those qualities. Yeah, <laughs> that's not bad. That's not bad. And a good leader. There you go. From from Craig Rive to Margaret Thatcher. This is Leaders Podcast with Terry Ryan and Andrew Peters. Uh, tell us wow. about this. tell us about fighting your brother. Tell us about this now. And your brother, give us a little bio. Your bro, anyway. He's a year older than you, right? Oh man, I could go deep with this, Terry. I, he's he's ultimately the only reason why I played hockey. Huh? Good player too. He had very some good, good player. I don't think two like, way. He was a second. He was a second. Oh, I don't know about two way. He 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 was one of those guys. I'll tell you what Jeff's biggest problem is. Was was. <laughs> He was so, and I, and I say this humbly and honestly, because I watched. I was at a front row seat every game yeah. to his game as a youth, and he was a young, I still have the articles. I still have the Toronto Star, Toronto Sun articles about him, a young phenom. Phenom. Wow. Okay. Beautiful. Like, moved away from home at 14 to play for the Wexford Raiders. Impressive. You know, uh, yeah. all on like went to the Ontario Championships, one player that like forward of the tournament. Like he was second overall pick in the OHL draft, second rounder in the NHL draft. Um, you know, from there, you know, you can you can from there it's it's a it it's a totally different story. But leading up to that, like I just when you're so and I see it now I see it now and that's why I don't trust youth coaching a lot of the times it's not it's they don't coach the young stars they don't know how they, these they to play defense it's like get the puck and go give him the puck go give him the puck that's all he did he got the puck and he whipped end to end like without issue without he would chip it off the boards or he would cut to the middle or he would whatever he had to do to find a way to get it to the other end he'd get it there all by himself Backchecked hard, but when he backchecked, he backchecked to get the puck so we could start going the other way again. He didn't backcheck to a position where he could stop and like had to stay and wait for the play to move. Yeah. And then, you know, like 
you, you know, know, like where you, you 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 watch the play, read and react. You go in when you you over you over back check. Why? Because you're told to get the puck and go the other way. You know you know what's funny that you're saying this because in ninety I don't know it was in the late nineties that myself and Brad Brown, um, speak of the devil, we went to Brock University and we trained um, with a lot of prospects. For me. I wanted to work on my skating and defensive play, to be honest with you. It was the same kind of thing. And because we, we – so there was a lot of defensive hockey at this camp. It was a lot of, like, uh, bull in the ring, one-on-ones from everywhere. You know, you know, one of those, like, just one-on-one camps. But it had to be done. I mean, we are making good money and, and prospects. But that's why – so I thought because I went there with him and he was at that, that he was, like, a defensive specialist or something because – at that camp, it was a lot of guys that were like defensive players that were getting better. But I guess guys like me were there to improve because we were coming from fucking nowhere. But to that point, I didn't really know defense that much other than there's the puck. I'm going to go get it and put it in the net. But, you know, tell me about him. Sad. I mean, I just, I think it's just never, you know, you get to junior where it's serious business. And I think I think your coach just might I don't know like I don't I don't I don't know because I wasn't there but I I mean he he, he had a, a good rookie year he obviously had a decent second year uh, he was drafted in the second round um, but I just think the big the biggest the biggest flaw in his game was that up until uh, 15 16 years old he he never really was relied upon to play defense you know what I mean and whereas a guy like me if I don't play defense you're not playing. And I'm not saying I was like a great defensive player, but I'm just saying that was always the kind of philosophy. I was lazy. I, I knew what to do because my, again, <laughs> I, had, I always had my dad there. I, I, you know, he dad played pro fucking hockey. He knew where to go. It was just like, I wanted to score. And, you know, I wasn't a lazy player, but I wanted every ounce of energy to be able to score. So I just naturally, you know, consumed not, it, tried to well, consume Yeah, the naturally. I'm like, there's four other guys out here. Take the fucking puck on that guy, will you? Now give it to me. <laughs> I guess it was subconsciously a bit selfish, but <laughs> yeah, I don't think I wasn't. Really I, wasn't I wasn't that good to be able to do that. But I was. I mean, I was. I don't know. Like, but you know what? Here's the other thing too: is is he went second overall in the draft, the junior draft, and junior draft yeah. in the OHL to Niagara Falls, and he left home at such a young age that he wanted to come home. So he was going from Wexford to Niagara Falls, and we were from St. Catharines, where I think he could have gone one or three, Sarnia or Peterborough, and he, he wanted to come home, which I don't know if that was, that was a bad move or not. But um, Wait, here's the other thing. He could he finish what you were saying first? and then. Well, ultimately, see, when I was a young kid, what I remember about Jeff is that I always thought he was going to Michigan State. Like, that was, that was his... That was his dream. The OHL draft was kind of a last-second change, right? Like, I don't know if you were ever going to college or not. Uh, I'm really close. But when you're but at second, a young age, you went yeah. second, I went third. When you're going that high, you know, it changes things. But, yeah, I it was – uh, It changed yeah. a lot. How high he was going, it changed a lot, yeah. Totally, yeah. I was thinking about Yale. <clears throat> yeah, he, like Michigan State was his – he went and looked at the school and everything too, but at that age, you have to – at that time, yeah, and even still, you have to make such a critical decision to either play major junior or college hockey at such a young age that it's like. Yeah, and and by the I, way, by the way, when I just said 
I was going to go Yale. I, I don't that that wasn't name dropping or any better. Northern Michigan was way better school. I just mean they happened to get like hold of me early. They were going to have me go to prep school and then go in there. Now the Yale program at hockey at the time wasn't great or anything. My dad, you know, quit playing professional hockey with a good chance to come home and you know uh, start working and finish his degree. Well, that was finished, but to start working as a teacher using his degree. So that was always big. So, you know, there was a big, but once we found out I was going to go in the first round of the WHL draft, that changed. That's all I'm saying. Everybody's different because a lot of people yeah. ask, should he do this or should, or that? I'm like, well, it's totally different for everybody. Just major junior college, but you know. Well, it's just, it's, it's amazing how things work out. I mean, he, you know, looking back, I, 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 You'll have to have him on. It's actually his birthday today, Big Brothers. It was it's funny enough. It's his birthday. Yeah, we'll have to. And by, by the way, by the way, by the way, first thing I'll say, because we got to get to your fight, but he did. The thing is, see how you and I, because we played and you get so high and, you know, we got, I mean, I didn't play as much as you did, but, you know, I played at least I can say I was an ex-NHLer. I wish Jeff could. But the thing is, the thing is. Successor in the eyes of the beholder. The way you're talking about it is almost like unfortunate. You're like, oh well, you know, and he could have done this. But you know, look at it. He played. This is where no, he that's traveled exactly, for free. Well, that's what I was. That's what I was going to say to you before you go. Before you okay. go on, I was going to say he's in medical device sales now. No, but like, I'm, it's not unfortunate. It, it's it's unfortunate that that such great talent was was never yeah. really was fulfilled. Is what I'm saying. Yeah, and I'm certainly not making excuses he just never he never was relied upon to learn how to play defense if he had had a coach that taught that actually punished him for for making defensive mistakes he might have learned now now it, it for those who, for those who don't know i'm just going to say so to, to put it in perspective because a lot of say parents because i'm the same way as you though i often say it i'm like i have to explain my own career and go like oh yeah you know and this happened and that then i don't realize that i played a lot of years pro and traveled for free i mean i do but but look, so he played in Niagara Falls, Erie, North Bay, and Junior. Point of game guy. Um, goes to Indianapolis. He's in the American Hockey League and in the International League. He played for the Canadian National Team. He played in Portland, Maine, Cleveland, Norfolk, Columbus, Trenton, Rochester, Milwaukee, Reading, Manchester, right? Augusta, Milwaukee. He gets to live in these places. And so a lot of people would love to play in the American League. So I get where you're coming from. I totally do. He but, tore up a lot of towns, Terry. <laughs> and it, it, it puts in perspective, and that is the way you think, though. So a lot of people would love, a lot of hockey fans right now listening to this would fucking love to have those stats. They'd love to have 300 games in the A. But like, or whatever he's got close to, I'm reading it. Um, but like, when we're going through it, it doesn't seem like, it really doesn't. I'm not just talking out my ass. You're like, oh, fuck, you know, I could have done this, could have done that. And that's how much the game, like the mental side of it while you're playing is with you. Like, you know, when you're playing professional hockey, there's nothing but the NHL. That's what's in your mind and anything else. Okay, where are we playing tomorrow night, Utica? Okay, one more game. Maybe I'll get called up. Maybe I'll get – it's just – so for a guy like Jeff goes through it and you don't realize it at the time, you honestly fucking don't not realize how fun the road can be. But sorry, he's, he's in medical sales now, you say? Yeah, he's in medical device sales, working for a great company. And uh, he was actually in, in surgery today, uh, uh, spinal implementation. So he sells uh, uh, spine devices. He goes right into, the, um, right into the surgery with the doc. He's all scrubbed in. And, you know, you're showing them not how to use the, the – uh, but the scrub text, like, you know, how to – you know, which instruments to, to use or whatever. I mean, everyone knows what's going on in there anyway, but. Like Jeff, but Jeff was, does he live in Buffalo? 
He lives, he actually married a Buffalo girl because we lived together in the summers and trained together. So we met his, his wife. And you guys um, played in Rochester together, right? Ten games. Ten games. Our first game pro together. Yeah. He gets called up from Hamilton. Or no, from the East Coast League, but it was Hamilton's farm team. Yeah. He got traded to us. And I'll cut this one really short. I just take a slap. We're on a two-on-one slap shot, far low side, safe play for a fourth liner. Yeah. That's right. A great, great play for his fourth liner. Yeah. Far pad. Far pad. Jeff, rebound comes out front. Guess who's driving the hard net the back? Yeah. Yeah. Big brother. So you guys combined for a professional goal. Hold on. You ever hear of a guy named Dwayne Zinger? Yeah. Okay. Well, he, he lives in Buffalo now too. So I had to, I, I fought him that night. Just to show Big Brother what Little Brother could do. Poor oh. Zinger that night. He'll tell you that too. If he's an honest man, okay. he'll tell you. He'll yeah, tell yeah, you yeah. that it was a, it was unfortunate that my big brother was there that night because I had a show to put on. That was the year I led, I think I led the American League in penalty minutes. And then in the third period, Jeff throws one out front to me, grinding at the crease, bank one in. No. Goal and assist each in our pro debut. Greatest hockey moment of my life. I never even – if I never made the NHL – like, I wasn't in the NHL. That was my first three years in the minors. If I never made the NHL, that would have been – that would have been the single greatest moment. And it is. I, it still is. I got goosebumps I listening I, to it. I and I know – was it in the uh, – what's the name of the rink in Rochester? Was it a home game? No. It was in Cincinnati. What is the name of that rink? In Roch? War Memorial. Uh, uh, fuck, I love playing there. There's a great rink. It's a great, great rink. Great feeling. Great, yeah. I remember great playing rink. in there and going, like, I wish I had a video camera. Now you'd have the phone. But every time, I'm like, this is hockey, man. I think yeah. some slap shot was filmed in there. Um, you guys now, okay, so how did this, and when and where did this fight happen that you guys fought each other? He was in Norfolk. He was uh, with the Was this Black before Hawks. or after? This is before. Okay. This is before we played together. It was, I think it was the year or two before. Um, year before. But we're, uh, Norfolk comes in, and I don't know what happened. I, I, it was in their zone. Is it in their zone or our zone? I, I, I think it was our zone because I, I, I always wondered why I was behind my own net. I think that was the... The confusing part because he was a centerman. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, why am I behind my own net? And I, and I, there was a scrum and a pushing contest. And it's funny, the day I talked to you, I actually, the next day I did uh, an XM radio interview and I actually confessed. I said, well, because my whole life I've said I didn't know it was him. And he elbowed me in the head and my helmet was over my eyes and I dropped my gloves and I grabbed the player. Yeah, and we held on for a minute, and then you know my helmet popped off. I realized it was him, and he punched me like four or five times in the in the mouth. Right? <laughs> I knew it was him. <laughs> I knew it was him. I mean, there can't be many. I know Wayne fucked Keith like, Primo. You knew when you were throwing your helmet in the stands. Must, it wasn't you a guys good are idea. out there. There's only a chance. Like, yeah, I I thought that too. I'm like, you, like you it, was, it was my there. brother. It was There's my brother. A one in five chance that it's. You know what I mean? I'm a, I'm a rookie in the AHL, in the A. 
it's my brother or Aaron Downey when Aaron Downey's putting up 400 pimps. When he used to so do I'll push-ups and warm-up when you're coming out? I remember seeing, he was in the league with me, too. That was right after I was in the league. He used to do He's one with of a the goalie cut. guys. With a goalie cut. Remember those goalie cut jerseys? <laughs> um, the reason for those fans, the reason is because these tough guys, they get the, the goalie cuts so you couldn't grab their arms in a fight because they would be so loose. And they would he's one of the greatest Vaseline all over his face mm-hmm. leather chin strap and he'd be doing push-ups and sit-ups in warm-up while the, while everybody else is skating around with the puck and he'd be making sure to look in our end and i'm like holy fuck who's this? the first time i was like who's this joker and then after about six rights and a left i went whoa yeah. <laughs> oh you fought him eh? providence providence um he was um yeah he was in providence i was in freddie and brownie brad brown he, Point being, he was a killer. He was, you know, a lot of people that come out and talk the talk do not walk the walk. You see someone with all of the above, the big jersey and the fucking Vaseline, and the, usually there's, the bark is worse than their bite, but his, his bite was worse. Oh, he you was tough. Do you, do you know him? Well, he played with my brother. He played with my brother. They, they, uh, they really got along really well. Um, the, the, like, what's the one thing you remember about Aaron Downey other than when you played against him in that? Do you remember the, the yeah, I remember punch how hard he trained. Oh, when he put me, when he put the, uh, Bullerys. Yes. Yeah. And Bullerys was tough. He was part of Philly's. Bullerys was, Bullerys was one of, do you ever fight a guy by the name of Jeff Paul? Jeff Paul is a, a redhead, redhead kid. Yeah. A right-hand shot defenseman. I went to yeah. Brainerd, I went to Brainerd, Minnesota with him. I trained with him. Yeah. I, I, okay. Well, yeah, in the OHL, he was a bit of a yeah. Okay, tell me. He's tough. There's well, a name I haven't well, heard in a long time. Well, he's he's buddies with my brother too. They played. He, he might have been at that camp. Pro. He was definitely okay. was. He might have been at that he, camp we're talking about. Okay, I fucking knew it, man. <laughs> he was absolutely at that camp yeah, for sure. He was okay. I knew yeah. I had beers with him somewhere. It's at that fucking yeah. place down on the water. He was yeah. there, <laughs> Port yeah, Dalhousie. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead. My, yeah. My, well, you said that name, and I'm like, hmm. as soon as you said it, I was like ordering tequila in my mind. I'm going. To I heard there. a story that you went to the bar by yourself one night. Oh well, it was. Yeah, I, I love. I told you I loved it. For those that have ever been there, St. Catharines, um, hidden hidden gem, hidden gem. So it's. Like, I don't know where I was. My a few of my friends had played in Welland a couple of years before. Okay, Jeremy Charles, one of them, the world renowned chef now. Um, and Gary Clark. So I knew, I, you know, when I was interested in the area, I wanted to go and kind of check out where they played because it was only a, a year or two after that. And then I, I kind of went on this local tour. I got to know a guy that was running that Welland team at the time, Port Colburn, I think it was Kings maybe. And uh, anyway, he took me down to Port Dalhousie and I loved it. I went and got Brad Brown. And then the other guys knew about it. When we told them, that it's all coming back to me. Now there's a guy, Colin Cluche was there too. I remember the car we were in. I got in the trunk because there was too many <laughs> Uh, and, uh, yeah, so they took us down there and it was fucking unbelievable. It was this big bar with a big deck or like a big, big deck, if not two or three right on the water. And then the next night we pulled in on a boat, some local, cause once we got to know the locals, it was great. Right. Like, and they were all like, Oh, the NHL guys are here. Of course I didn't deny it. I didn't. Well, technically I was drafted to the NHL, but I had my hockey card in my pocket. I used to take my hockey card in my pocket. <laughs> so I played like three games the year before. Right. So I, I had I, a hockey card and I said, I heard my pocket. I heard that about you when, <laughs> when I was still in junior. <laughs> yeah. I, I, you used to carry a hockey card in your wallet or your pocket. Yeah, 
and I'd go, I'd, I'd go over and wink and like Brad Brown, I'd go, watch this, Brownie, watch. And I'd go over and go like, hey, how you doing? What brings you to Montreal? Right? Oh, and then so, because we went there a lot to train. Like the, the games I played, there was one thing. One year I was there all year. I only played three. And we would go there all summers, you know, maybe whatever. So what brings you to Montreal? Oh, you know, so-and-so, I'm going to Concordia. I'm working on my degree. What are you doing here? Ah, I just play a bit of hockey or whatever, you know, <clears throat> just play a bit of hockey. With who? Oh, Canadians or whatever. <laughs> right? And then, and they don't really know you don't. Actually, yeah, but I got a card here, actually, because I was going to meet this kid. I met him outside the rink, and his uncle's in town. He wants a card. Anyway, I got more home. Here, I'll show it to you. What? Yes, this is me, Terry Ryan, Montreal. Can you see? Show him my license. See, look at the face. Look at the picture. Yeah, it's me. <laughs> you know what? That absolutely happened, didn't it? That happened. That's, yeah. Well, that's I don't mind saying it. I used to bring it to Thursdays in Montreal. <laughs> And in Red Deer, I got sent back to finish the year in Red Deer. So I graduated high school when I was 16, right? Because I was in Tri-City and I skipped a grade or whatever, like back, way back. So I graduated. So like my 17, 18-year-old year in Tri-City, I was going to university. So then I make Montreal at 19 now, 96, 97. And they, set, they sent me back for the junior deadline. I get traded to Red Deer. So I go back. I haven't been in high school in three years. And I just came from, the, from Montreal with like Rivian them, like, you know, fucking natural ice and junior turned to fucking like scotch and soda with fucking cigars i'm living the life i go back to red deer and i bought myself a pair of vans and a backpack and i used to go to school there the high school with the boys and just sit and like an act like i was in the school but i didn't have any school to go to and people would come back and i'd like eat lunch with them and stuff and hey ladies what's going on oh yeah i'm here i get traded to the rebels or whatever from yeah well, i wasn't here at the beginning of the year you might not know me where were you montreal i got a card here if you want to see it <laughs> All the time, just brutal. I look back honestly; I don't really regret it. I, I only had fun. I it's better. It's better than. It's better up. than. It's better than. How much does a polar bear weigh? Enough mm. to break the ice. Hi, I'm Terry. Yeah, exactly. Right. I didn't yeah. want to. And it's original. To <laughs> some level, I know people out there are going, "You asshole, man." A, I was loving life. I love I being know. on the Habs, and it was something, know. you know, whatever. I, whatever. I wanted, I didn't feel like I ever I guess that person it. saying that would have to ask themselves, you wouldn't do it? <laughs> yeah. It wasn't. It you wasn't, wouldn't do that. You wouldn't do that if you had that. The only thing, Andrew, I swear to you now, it was never like go to a club and, hey, do you know who the fuck I am? It was no, never, no, ever no, there. I gotcha. And I, I hate gotcha. when, because one doesn't lead to the other. And I, I know how, I know when I say that story, a lot of people might think that, but that wasn't me either. I was all about having a blast though. And I, I know the boys didn't, but as soon as I did it, everybody behind me at the bar, six or seven of us, whoever it was, Matt Higgins and Aaron Asham and Boyd Olson and all the boys, Brad Brown, they would like that I did it because, okay, if I'm on the Canadians and those are my yeah. friends behind me who also are my age and in shape, you know, like, who do you, who do you think they are? So, anyway. Everybody wins. Everybody wins. Your favorite player growing up. Oh, other than your brother. Your favorite, like, NHL player that we could all. Soissons. Ah, yeah. I mean, come on. How, I mean, there's so much we could say. Do you know what I'm going to say? Because I know it's been said on your radio show. People have brought it up. I listen to all kinds of social, uh, hockey media. And I know that. The goalies were worse. I know the game was different, but, but 
for almost two decades, only Wayne Gretzky or Mario Lemieux won the scoring. Jagger got in there on three uh, when Gretzky was getting laid and Lemieux was hurt. Lemieux wasn't hurt. I don't, not only that, so, so that's dominance. So I don't care if, if Commodore McDavid wins the scoring the next 10 years in a row, I don't care if he gets 90 points and the rest gets 70. Okay, it's relative dominance, right? It's relative dominance. I don't care, I don't care if someone gets 400 points. If you win, it's winning the scoring amongst your peers. If you're that, and Gretzky and Lemieux came along, and I'm like, holy shit, and Lemieux, the year that he came back and won the scoring, missing the first 25 games with, with not a broken toe, with what, Andrew? With what? Cancer. Cancer. Oh. Non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. Yeah, I believe I, I was the I mean, I'm not going to go and say the biggest Mario Lemieux fan. But I was obsessed. I was obsessed. And, you know, you talk about points and guys getting points. Yeah, but it's how, sometimes it's how they do it. Like, oh. were there men that big in the league that were that graceful? He's, he's unbelievable. He was my favorite could, player ever to watch. Andrew, oh. every time he had the puck, it was beautiful. It yeah. was, I, I don't know how to, com- if I was to compare art to, to, to watching hockey, I don't know. That was Picasso. That's the Beatles, Sergeant Pepper. There, if this game, and it is, it's artistic. I don't care what you say. It's finesse meets physicality. And he had all of it in this so graceful way that he skated up oh. the ice. Is, and I love there... Gretzky, but Gretzky, Gretzky looked like he was laboring. And I hate to well. compare this greatness like that, but I'm just saying. Well, you're, you're not, you're just telling who you're giving yeah. your opinion on who your favorite is. And I, I, you know, like I, I've seen that OV goal and I'll admit it's pretty sick. The one against uh, Arizona, they scored way back when, when Gretzky was on the bench coaching. Yeah. But is there a nice, is there a more beautiful or more spectacular goal and statement goal, message setting goal? Sending Minnesota, goal. Minnesota. Yeah. Game, first game, one, nothing, <laughs> one, nothing. It's, like, it's not like, even, it's. And, I mean, it, it takes my breath away. Yeah. And you look back. And did you have the VHS when you were a kid, Mario the Magnificent? Yes. Yeah, I did. When he had, when they showed him like getting in the white Ferrari that he bought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All that. I watched that. I watched that before every game when I was a kid. Every single game. Yeah, man. And and I, and he I didn't. Says he's like, I try to go under the bar every time. <laughs> Like, well, do you remember where he would go in and he was on the breakaway and he just tapped his blade on the ice behind the puck and then went under the bar? I can't remember who, maybe Glenn Healy. He tore a lot of goalies to shreds in that, in yeah. that movie. There, you, know what's, that, but, you, know, you know what's great is watch not only the, the famous goal. I love the 87 Canada Cup. Like my father's generation would like the 72 Henderson and I get it. And, and at that time, the political statement that was made with that goal and everything, you'll never replicate it. But... My, my favorite goal that I've ever seen with my own two eyes in my lifetime, I was 10 years old, and Gretzky to Lemieux in 1987. Those, some people listen to this that aren't even that much into hockey. Lots of people, surprisingly, haven't seen the goal. Go back. Do yourself a favor. The Canada Cup, man, in Hamilton. Gretzky gives it to Lemieux. Now, Lemieux goes under the bar. Now, first of all... <laughs> there's, there's, a, there's a phenomenal breakdown coming. You, yeah, you can, an, you can analyze this shit. But, no, go for it. Let's hear like, it. First of all, had it just been a shot and a tip, it would still, because it's, it's the most meaningful of that era, Canada beating, it, it was the game three. Each game went 6-5. Canada won game one. Russia won game two. Third game, so it's 5-5. Five to five. Gretzky to Lemieux. Just those words 
right? There, I wish there was an or to how, right? I wish there was, or a Rocket Richard to Sid Abel or whatever, but there's not. Gretzky to Lemieux. And you could argue the best pass or the best score. You can make that argument. But Lemieux, once he gets it, if this is why I said to people, like, these analytics people, I pointed out, I'm like, analytics tells me that I give it to the guy with the open net, which was Larry Murphy standing on the side. <laughs> Poor guy. You know what I mean? He's like, he's like the gold watch in the movie Speed. He's a classic <laughs> decoy. He's standing there, like, after the goal. He's not in the picture at first. And you're going, yeah. And the first time I saw it, it was live. You couldn't rewatch it because there was no – you watched it on VHS when it came out, like, next summer, the Blades of Summer, it was called, VHS tape. But you couldn't really rewatch it unless you saw the news. And first, when Gretzky gives it to him, Murphy's not in the picture. And you're, you're, you went ecstatic. You jumped off the couch or whatever, so you didn't really realize it. Then on second and third and fourth viewing and fifth viewing, you see that there was a gentleman – wide open <laughs> if he had given it to murphy he could have just tapped it into the net now i'm not knocking lemieux for not giving it to murphy because he put it right where he said he loves to put it right up under the burr it's the best player to the best player given your argument one of the best players ever to one of the best players ever and the guy that gets it actually puts it right in his wheelhouse knowing that the Murphy was open, but knowing I'm Mario Lemieux and I'm going to put it in there and it's late in the game. There's like a minute left and it makes it six to five Canada. And not only that fucking battle, 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 Dale Howard, Chuck, who's uh, in hospital now, but Dale Howard, Chuck wins the draw and yeah. he didn't just like win it back. He wanted a Canadian. It was a Canadian fucking goal. He gritted the guy right off the draw. It's my favorite. Well, not seen. only that Mario, I, if I can call him Mario, he comes into the face-off circle, picks up the puck, skates it to the blue line, yeah, and chips it out, yeah. picks it up himself, cross-handed backhand Cross-hand backhand, yeah. Backhand snap pass to the great one coming across the middle. And they go in, they go in on their own. It, it, it's, and, and it's amazing. It, it's, it's amazing. amazing. Now, have, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you this. If you haven't done it, there's a, there's a DVD series about the Canada Cup, and each game – it's really, really worth watching. The first reason it's worth watching is to see how the game is physical back then. Like, Messier gives it to a couple guys. Like, I mean, cross-check, and then there's a couple of fights. And even – because I remember people saying, well, Gretzky didn't get hit. Gretzky gets fucking hit. This is the, this is the Canada Cup. This isn't even the Olympics. This is just a made-up tournament now. It means a lot in Canada. But, like, you know, like the chips weren't all on the line like they would have been in the Stanley Cup. We remember it like that. But, I mean – this is violent hockey. And then you get the Gretzky, and they're, they're playing together the whole tournament, especially on the power play. It is absolutely gorgeous to watch. And, you know, there's Paul Coffey's there and Glenn Anderson. Then you get, like, Rick Tockett. They had, like, even – like, Tockett, to me, is a legend. Like, even, and he's a third, fourth line around the team. But, I mean, it's deadly. I highly recommend. And this is one of those that tomorrow I'm not going to listen to. I've been hijacking the whole interview. No, no, you haven't. What do you mean? Minutes. Oh, He's so passionate about it. I love him all. He, I fucking love Mario Lemieux, man. I love watching. Yeah, him. I, I love, I love Lemieux as well. I, I, there's just everything about him, everything about him. And I, I, you know what? And I'll, I'll, I'll do go as far as saying this. He, he's. He's a huge reason as to why Crosby's had the success he's had. You ever know? Like they're kind of similar, right? Like similar, the, yeah. you don't, you never hear anything about Crosby, ever, yeah. anywhere. You're right. Ever. 
you never see a video. You never really see like a, even a, a picture, a behind the scenes. I've never seen anything. And it's so think, great that they have the peace of mind to be like that because like, you know, all these hockey players that are out just like living it up and like there's so oh, many opportunities. And I like, know me, I would be like, I, well, I have been, but I wouldn't be able to last 10 minutes if I was that famous and that good <laughs> without doing something stupid. But, <laughs> you know, like just loving it. But uh, yeah, you got to give it to them for that. In 1992, this question comes from Tim in Oxford. Where's Oxford? Oxford on Oxford Ontario Oxford assuming, Oxford England Oxford yeah. assuming so it's either England or Ontario we're assuming in 1992-93 Michael Jordan oh, he must have watched the last dance Michael Jordan decided to play baseball did you have any other sports that you thought about playing other than hockey well like as what like as a dream I guess athlete or just like did I, or did I guess I just give us play? two things. Were, were you athletic enough to, to pursue anything else? And if I guess in a hypothetical world, what else would you like to have? I think I was athletic to maybe pursue something else. Had I actually, if I actually like committed myself to it, but I, I just played sports cause it was, uh, you know, something we were supposed to do. I thought like to keep us active. So, but I played, every, I literally played every sport, uh, but lacrosse, I love lacrosse. I, I love the I love the NLL lacrosse. Do you guys have a team out there? No, I've seen it though. It's amazing. I went. It's the most I, entertaining sport I you're hear, gonna find. You know, we don't even really have it. You know what's big over here, and we don't even really have football. It started. I know someone is gonna give me shit for saying this because there technically is, but like, I don't know anybody that plays it. I don't know any kids that plays it. I, I think there's like one guy that came here from the u.s or something that lives up the shore somewhere that has like a team started but we have rugby rugby's oh, big yeah. like we, we have we've had a lot of people play on team canada we've had oh, yeah. players on a world level uh yeah it's old school newfoundland uh are big into rugby and then anything i trained, I trained on a national with a rugby level. player what's that i trained with a rugby player my my good buddy growing up one of my closest childhood friends was a you know, it was a Team Ontario, young Team Canada candidate rugby player. Like, he was a national caliber. Yeah, man. Yeah. He yeah, was man. a hooker. He was a hooker. He was tough they, as They train hard nails. and they're tough. Yeah, I couldn't – the only thing, if I was a hockey player, I'd kind of – first, if I was a hockey player first, I'd maybe worry about injury, but fuck, they're in good shape and they're tough. And, you, you know, just, keeps going. just playing rugby, there's, like, enough said, right? That, uh, yes. That whole will you go in the corner is answered, right? You know, you, all the rugby players, that I, you know what I mean? <laughs> you, don't you don't have, have to worry choice. about that. Everyone takes part in a scrum, I think. Yeah, exactly. Right? Like, exactly. I'm not saying yeah. they all go in and they're all fighters, but none of them are scared. And it's just like, wow, look around them. Well, we're going to the playoffs. I got five S rugby players on my See team. those guys with their nose sideways and their yeah. cauliflower ear out to here and their ears are all taped in with electrical tape. It's like. These yeah. guys, they're different, different animals, man. Um, no, uh, for sure. And I, maybe it's a, maybe it's a, a European influence. Who knows? Uh, but, but that's, you know, that rules here. We're a fast pitch softball. Just naming, naming the sports that we can win the nationals. Ball hockey, curling, uh, fast pitch, rugby. I'm, I'm running out. Because as soon as those things we can compete in nationally and maybe win. But like I said, like if it's like, baseball or something we just go and we, we always play the host first you're basically going to get drunk on the trip and have a good time maybe see the odd curveball but like whatever <laughs> you know um uh, that's been the i mean i'm not knocking newfoundland sports more the population than anything 
It's tough, tough to play against like Vancouver at baseball when the boys are playing down in Washington State the whole year. They have like ex pros that come back. They got like four guys that were drafted to the majors, and we got like six guys from St. John's, a couple guys from Buckins, right? Cornerbrook, you know, I, I play baseball. We play. It's just like, yeah, come on. Uh, have you jumped out of a plane? Terrified of heights. But that doesn't say you didn't jump out of a plane. Uh, I also. I would jump out of a plane before I did bungee jumping, I'll tell you that much. I went up, so I'm terrified of heights. Did I ever, did I ever tell you this? I've been talking forever. The next, I just asked you if you jumped out of a plane, and then you said you don't like heights. Yeah, but I, I gotta tell it. you this. But I want to hear it. I'll tell you quick. We were in Dallas camp, and they made us do team building. So I fought. I fought John Erskine six times in a fucking row. I went down. I swear to God, I was. It was after my third year. I'd played. I played out my contract with the Canadians my three year, and then I. Like I said, I was waiting to get traded. All those things I told you yesterday, I was waiting to get fucking traded. So finally, I'm skipping over a lot. After a year in St. John's and then Colorado Springs, I get my fucking trade and I go down to Dallas. And I, I go to rookie camp. Like, and I'm my third year pro. And fourth year, really, if you count the NHL year that I was there, but I didn't play. So like, I'm far more accomplished than, but they got, than a lot of their guys. But they got a couple of them that came back from Utah. Steve Ganey. Anyway, uh, fucking, he's one of them, John Erskine. And he's on one team and I'm on the other. And I say, fuck it. Fuck it. You want to go? He goes, I'd love nothing more. And he looks and he smiles. And I start going. And I mean, I can feel his punches. Boom, boom. And we have six. And I'm not giving in. He's not giving in. That's why I went back the second time. Then the third. He's giving it to me, man. He's giving me. But I'm staying up there and I'm throwing him. I'm throwing him. And coach. Bob Basson uh, is, is our assistant coach down there, and he comes over, and he's like, fuck, man. He's like, you don't have to keep doing that. But I didn't care because people were noticing. I wanted to make it. I was finally out of Montreal, and fucking uh, Erskine wanted to keep going. So I'm battered. I'm fucking battered. People are coming over, and, and I mean six times in one day in two inter-squad rookie games. The next day, the team arrives, and we got to do team building. So a lot of these guys haven't skated yet. So we got to do these uh, team building exercises. So it's walk up like and do these series of challenges and one is like you walk up a ledge and you go to these like it's like telephone poles and like between the first and second one it's like another telephone pole nailed together with them and the th second and third one it's like a tightrope kind of thing but you're harnessed in the third and fourth one it's like you're hanging and you're jumping it's all it's all to do with heights now i don't even want to get up on to the fucking thing in the first place because i'm terrified so I tell them all, and like 50 people go through, right? Go, go through here. And or 49, I'm the last person. So like, you got to do it. I'm like, I, I just can't do it. Like, I hyperventilate and shit. I can't do it. And I turn around, I'm saying, you fucking assholes. I'm like, I just fought John Erskine six times before camp starts. Before you guys are sitting there with your fucking spaghetti and your fucking meal. and your, I have two black eyes and a broken nose, I'm pretty sure. Because I just fought again six times before camp started. What you and you're questioning my team fucking chemistry atmosphere? Like, fuck you. So they're at me, they're at me, they're at me. I'm like, fuck it. Give me the goddamn vest and put me in. So they hook me up to this thing. I go, I'm, I'm at the top of one pole going to the other. And I'm up there and I'm starting to fucking sway back and forth. I'm hating it. I want my mom. I'm like crying. 
No one sees it. I'm, I'm sobbing. I get on. I swear to God, I'm halfway across. And I start, fuck! And I'm like, fuck, fuck everybody down there. I'm giving it. Bob Gainey is actually there for whatever reason. And it's like at this big university or medical facility or something. He's the GM. And he wanted me down there. I mean, there was a big reason I went there. Because he had his eyes on Montreal. And so anyway, I look down. And I, I jump over to the end of the first obstacle. Again, I'm about fucking 200 feet in the air or whatever, or 100 feet in the air. And I, I, I grab onto the pole. And I'm fucking with my legs around it and my, my hands around it. I say, get me the fuck down. And Bob goes, oh, don't worry. It's safe. I said, if it's so safe, Bob, why am I wearing a helmet? <laughs> so, a girl, a girl that worked at the facility had to come up and rescue me and put her own harness on and take me down. And then when I got to the bottom, I'd been crying. I had snots and tears all over my face. I was shaking. Like, worse than if Erskine had fought me with no hands behind my back, with my hands tied behind my back. And I looked around, and these guys are going, holy fuck. And much like Rive when he was in Buffalo, like, I didn't even know any of the people. You know what I mean? I knew, like, two people there from, like, playing the odd game in junior against them. Complete and utter embarrassment. And I pretty much told the GM who just traded for it, got me down there, to go fuck himself because I had a helmet on. Anyway. Carry on. Tell your story. And so that's what it's like to jump out of a plane, uh, Andrew. <laughs> okay, I hope that answers your question, Carl. Uh, if, if Andrew had jumped out of a plane. If you could be a character in a movie, who would it be? Think of it this way. Had, 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 I, had I jumped out of a plane, I probably would have taken that much time telling the story. And that was far better than hearing about me jump out of a plane with probably, I wouldn't do it without one of those people strapped to my back. <laughs> so, oh, my God. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Have yeah. you told that story before? Oh yeah, I think I I told I I told it. There was I think I think I put it. I I, re, I referred to it in my book, although I didn't tell it as colorful oh as that. Oh God! I think I just alluded to it in my book. Dale Sullivan from Southern Shore, Dallas Stars pick. Uh, he was in the Newfoundlanders. You see Dale around, you ask. Dale was there. Dale couldn't fucking believe it. Dale went and did it too. He didn't want to do it, but he did it. I was the only person. Face bloodied, battered from fighting Erskine. Yet fucking Timothy Smith is fucking 160 pounds and played college, can prance up there like a fucking baby goat. Who gives a fuck? You know what I mean? John Erskine. Oh, yeah, he was tough. He was about your size, man. Tough, 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 yeah. tough. He threw hammers I too. A, I did not want to fight him in junior, man. I, I, I almost felt pressured into it. And I did. My first time wasn't very wasn't a great scrap. The second time we ended up fighting in junior was I was in Kitchener playing for the Rangers, and it was long. It was I don't even know if the clock started, but I started on left wing and he was on defense, and our gloves were off before. I don't even know. I honestly couldn't tell you how much if the clock even started. We just down we went, and it was a long, long hard fought he's another guy like that he like he, he seemed to me that he loved to fight i wrong? hit him i hit him this isn't junior i hit him in the face square 
and he turns his head back. He had the locks, the blonde locks, yeah, and he goes, yeah. he goes, in a fight. Like I, I don't even, I couldn't even fathom being this controlled in a fight. Okay, he yeah. says, hit me again, Peters. Whack! I hit him again. Hit me again. I was like, this this guy. Yeah, just isn't then then you're like, oh, abort, abort. He's he is I, tough. <laughs> I fought him in the NHL. Like he's. He loves fighting too. He's tough. You know tough. what the you know what the weird thing about it? You know what the weird thing about that story I just told? The funny thing is, not only did that happen, we, we a we were roommates. Like when I got there, like at rookie camp, he was in the next bed. He was he played in Utah for one year, and I played in the A for two. So, but like four or five guys from Utah were there, so they'd get up every morning and like hang out and do their thing, and I didn't know any of them, even though I was the next like probably the most experienced there by that one extra year, but um, I didn't really talk to him that much, but that was what was awkward. He was like sleeping in the next fucking bed. So after that day, this was probably five days after we were there, but we hadn't talked to each other yet, really. And I think someone got caught maybe and we got put in together, whatever it was. And it was September 11th happened. It was 2001. So I was oh, there and then they told me and I, I busted, I actually fucking fought a guy, Hunter Lahash. And he, I've never had a black, it was a rocky black guy. Again, I, was, I, I wasn't signed. I wanted to. But um, long, long story. Darian Hatcher, I played an exhibition game. Darian Hatcher fell on my ankle in warm-up uh, of one of these inter-squad games. And um, so I'd fought John like six times, like two days before, but we still really didn't hang out and I was in his room. And then September 11th, so I had to like stay there for a week knowing that I wasn't going to be on the stars and like shoot the shit with the boys. It was a weird week, but he was, he seemed to me at that time, like I knew he was, he wanted to do anything. And he like, he was kind of excited for the fight, you know, that kind of thing. If I'm explaining it right, like, you know, like yeah. your buddies yeah. love to do it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and, Gillies. Well, hence, he made the NHL. You know, he, you know, guys like that are competitive and they're good. I'm not in no way putting him down. He was, he was also a good player. He was a good defenseman. Go ahead. Yeah. <clears throat> no, no. I was just saying. You said guys that love to do it. Gillies was, Gillies was one of them too. I messaged him. Hey, eh, by the way. Oh, what did he say? He said, uh, "Oh, I just I sent him the uh, I sent him our conversation." Oh, good. You got to get him on one day. You know that? Do you remember what happened to him when he was up in the NHL? He got suspended for nine games, came back, had a blowout with the Penguins, and got suspended for 10. Really? Do you remember that? So you Yeah, remember I, do, that? I remember getting suspended. I knew he was up there. Back-to-back like I... -back suspensions. He, he, he did something with the Islanders, got nine games. His first game back against the Penguins, there's like a, a melee. And I think, he, I think he, I don't know if he ran somebody or something, but and he got well, suspended. He was, he, was, he was probably too fired up. He gets pretty fired up, I think. Yeah, he just he gets. Was, was, I'd look. You'd have to energy, ask him about it. That would be a great. I'd love to hear what, what he was. I'd love to hear it. If his energy was channeled the right way, I'm not saying it was. He was just like literally too. I'm not talking about. Uh, by the way, no substance. I don't really know, but I'm not talking that. I'm not talking. I just mean he was like generally wired to play oh. hockey. He loved oh. it. Follow his Instagram and look at any random three pitchers, and you'll see his passion for the game is unparalleled. He, some he and his father. Some fighters have passion. He and his father had a fight in the lobby in Mississauga against Adam Niddle and his dad. 
Niddle, I remember him. Yeah, I went to. They were taking slap shots at us in warm up, and Gillies was going down and winding up like howitzers and letting them go from the red line into their end for He's during warm up. I it went was, over and no, Niddle was Niddle. Like, I can't remember who started. They start. They were doing it. They started it, and I'm going to tell you, like it carried on after the game in the lobby. It was. Wow. It was he would be an unbelievable guest with where I told you one of the three hardest been. punches ever. The hardest punches ever. You know the other two that distinct Erskine? The hardest punches that no, that was a real hard punch, but didn't like knock me down. Each of the punches put me down. Erskine definitely would have been up there. Sometimes it's where it hits you. If it hits you in the temple as a or, or the jaw as opposed yeah. to the back of the head. Erskine and Taidomi clearly had hard punches, as did Frank Bialois. I can name a few more. But the ones that I really like, whoa, like would have made me really wary to go back in there again. It felt like shot out of a gun was Gillies, Ryan Vandenbush, because I didn't know a left was coming, and Mark Morrow. Mark Morrow is a couple years older than you, played in the O. Underrated tough. He, played, he was probably in the A when you were in the A, maybe. But... um yeah, three of those guys. So Gillies hit me, and then in my next thought, like I was on the ground, I could, and for about the next day, I can't explain it to people. It's like when you close your eyes, it's like I could see an eclipse, like a solar eclipse. That that's the best I can explain it. So he must have hit me right on my eye button or something. But it, I, I wasn't woozy. It wasn't like a concussion thing, but it was like I, I can't see out of my right eye the the right way, like for for a full day or two. Um, and then I, of course, I didn't know who the fuck he was, Andrew. He was playing on Peoria. I went down to the East Coast League. I had a bad ankle, like I said, with that Dallas thing. Well, the next year I was rehabbing and I played for Cincinnati in the East Coast League. And they had him, Yablonski, and uh, somebody else. And I, I know Yabo is a buddy of mine. And he was like, yeah, yeah, Gillies will go, yeah. <laughs> oh, fuck. Not that I was looking for it. He was just like over, you know, how he does. He was starting shit. Uh, Mark Morrow, I'm looking at him now. He was out of the OHL by the time I got there, but I, I don't know that I really played against him in the minors. But I, I always heard he was, he was a guy to look out for. He was sneaky. He was sneaky. He was, he was a good player. That's that's yes, why he that's, was so that's sneaky. That's why he was so sneaky. Yeah, he like, didn't have to do it so often. Exactly. Like I remember going to these draft things and hearing about him, and then when when I got drafted, like these camps, and all I'd ever heard about him was like in like a Brian McCabe fashion. Like he was and in, in junior Brian McCabe was a good player. Like, yeah, he was, he would put, so like Morrow, I heard of as being good and with, which he was, but fuck, he had a punch. Uh, I got to wind this up soon <laughs> because we're uh, merely because I have to go. I got a few things I got to do, but uh, I'm loving it. Next time we'll have you and your brother on. Uh, let's see this. I like this question. Hmm. Okay. From, Michael in Vancouver. If you had to remove one of your senses, which one? Smell and taste counts as one. So could you would you take being blind, deaf, um, and touch isn't really one? Yeah, would you rather be blind, deaf, or not being able to smell or taste? It's a different question. It's a different you know what you ever uh do you like NXS? Yeah. So Michael Hutchins, did you ever hear yeah. what happened to him? Yeah, the he whole got, he sucker punch and everything and the brain issue. Did you hear about oh, this? I thought, you were, I, I thought we were saying how he died there, auto asphyxiation. Well, no, this was like this is the this was all like the start of it. I just watched a documentary on him. It's called the documentary is actually called Mystified. Okay, and you know what and, I'm waiting for? You know what I'm loving? How you're going to bring this together? 
Because, yeah, I'm loving how you're going to bring this together. Go ahead. Well, he, it's not funny. I'm just, I'm laughing at how you're saying I'm loving how you're bringing this together. But he, he was in an alley in France. I think he was eating a slice of pizza late at night. And a cab driver got out of the cab. I think it was like a narrow, narrow way in, 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 uh, in France, gets out. And they have like an altercation, like verbal. And I think the cab driver sucker punched him. He fell and hit his head on the curb. He had brain damage behind, I think, on the right frontal lobe of his brain. And he lost his sense of smell and taste, which they say is like arguably one of, like, how agonizing could that be? Could you imagine? I Not can't, but I, and I don't know. I know blind people and I know deaf people, but I don't know anybody that has that problem. I'm, I'm curious to what they would think. I mean, it must be. I mean, I guess I it's like either. I wouldn't like torture. I guess decision. it's like it's like torturous. Like I mean, I'm, I'm not saying that being blind or deaf wouldn't be, but I mean, you. I think you like we see looking around that blind people and deaf people can get by, and I'm I'm sure people without smell and taste. But think about think about the 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 satisfaction that comes from that. Imagine not being able to go outside and smell a fresh cut patch of grass in the summer, or uh, something else or taste. Uh, could you imagine that? Taste would be hard. Yeah. I mean, and I don't, really don't that, know who to relate it to though. I've I seen think like, I'd, I think I'd have to lose. I think I would lose my hearing first. Cause if I watch TV, you have the subtitles. I want to be able to smell and I want to be able to. Yeah. And I, I so love they're not music called so subtitles, much. I, but they're, what's it called? What do you know? You're, no, yeah. Closed 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 I know. I, that's exactly. That's what I, that's what I took it as I was daydreaming. Okay. Um, no, I said subtitles is what I... Yeah, that, I, that's what I took it as closed captioning. But there is, and um, and technically, you were right. Um, I wouldn't want to give up music. Certainly, it's a big part of my life, but I also would want to see my daughter grow, and I could still talk to her and communicate. It would only be giving up sounds. The biggest part of that is 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 fucking music, and that would suck, but just... That, because... would, that would suck. So music's pretty big to you, too. Music's very very influential yeah it, 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 here's a it here's a question i'll ask you for next time yeah. off topic but what do you what do you are you do you like and i've asked this question on our show and we haven't really had the full conversation but i'm fascinated by in general if people prefer if they like the beat of a song or the like the music to a song or the lyrics to a song but that's a that's that's a you can't i don't think you can just answer that off the off i think every song is different but it is what gets me first a lot is the melody but i think that's just because it's quick it's like because if i'm it's definitely but but if i'm saying a grocery store if i'm listening to the radio i'm not necessarily honing in on the lyrics i'll hear the melody then i'll go okay who's this james taylor pretty good now listen to three now i, I start absorbing the lyrics once i start honing in on it but m most of the music that i come across like if you were to look at my playlists they're, they're, they're melody beat driven uh, and, and not that I, I mean I'm including singer songwriters like Bob Dylan right like yeah I love like a Rolling Stone and positively 4th Street but I think at first the first song I ever heard in my life by Bob Dylan was Subterranean Homesick Blues and it's a fast I like rocker I can't believe you just said positively 4th Street yeah, I love it but again the words uh, the, the, the words but, but it took me to hear that melody and everything get into Dylan and then I listened to the words now, now, 
That is one of my favorite songs for both reasons. Has so much meaning. There are so many people I could apply that song to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And those who don't know, do yourself a favor. Press pause. If, if you don't know Positively 4th Street, you're, you're listening to the wrong thing right now. Pause this. Cancel yes. it. Whatever you're going to do. Go put on the best of Bob Dylan or whichever album. I would listen to that one, though, because there's so much. Although every Bob Dylan ab album is great. I'll also recommend Blood on the Tracks, Highway 61 Revisited. Those are my two recent favorites, but they change. In any case, and you know what? Um, I got to go. I right? wish that for just one moment I could be you. And what yes, is this? I wish that for just one time you could stand inside my shoes. You know what a drag it is to see you. Beautiful. God. Is that the lyric? Are those the lyrics? That is the lyrics. The only that those are the lyrics. The tough things with Bob Dylan is to remember uh, the order that they come in. Because he's got so many verses going. Like a Rolling Stone is similar to that. And, and, and he's got so many verses going on. Now, fuck. You never think that he's going to be able to finish the rhyme by the end of the verse. And then all of a sudden it, yeah. it ties right he's in. And he, such, like, you talk about songwriting. He's next level. Yeah. yeah. Um, and John Prine just passed away. He's one of my favorites. John Prine, same thing. Like, John Prine is, is one of the best songwriters ever. But... It took me. There's. He's got a song out called "Picture Show," and it's like almost obscure by him. I heard it, and then I realized Tom Petty was in on it, and I watched the video, and that's what got me first was the melody. Now, once I heard the melody, then I can appreciate lyrics, and I don't need that. And then I listen to the whole artist. Even Green Day are like that. Green Day, like the first time I like I heard "Basket Case," it was all the melody, and then when I come around, "American Idiot," and then all of a sudden, you read their lyrics, and you're like, "Oh, love them or hate them, they got something to say here." Right, so to, I've answered your question for the last twelve minutes, but yeah, melody first. I, I appreciate lyrics more, but melody draws me in. It's the magnet. How about you? Well, I think I think obviously, well, the yeah, like you say, it's you know music, but I never really put that much emphasis on lyrics until later on in my life. I would just sing the words and never even really tie them together, and just think they all sounded pretty good. But there were a lot of songs that I loved that I didn't even know the meaning to. Like this one that you just mentioned. There were some catchy, catchy lines or whatever, but then you go back and listen to the whole thing, and you're like, man, that's a, that comes from a special place. Like, I like to think of myself as a pretty deep thinker. I think that's probably the one, the one thing I don't show a lot of people is, you know, the depths I, I, you know, I like to go to when it comes to thinking, whether it's, I don't want to say dwelling. It's not dwelling, but maybe reflecting. You know what I mean? Gathering info, man. Gathering yeah. info. We are yeah. all forever changing. If I've learned anything in life, that's it. We're all forever changing. And if we learn and educate ourselves, not just through books, through listening to podcasts, through traveling. Traveling, I think, is still the best education. You know, to opening your mind to new ideas, to listening to the other side of people that don't agree with you, but listen to them, what they got to say. And you, you'll continue to grow as a person. I think when you, when you talk about you know, being more perceptive when you get older. I, I truly, because I'm the same way, but I truly think it's, 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 an, it's a coming of age thing. You know, when, you, when you're 20 and 25, for lots of reasons in our case, not the least of which was professional hockey, 
there's distractions and you know you everything from having kids to have to leave the game to to having to find a real job those things you know all happen to you and as you're doing it you're gathering a lot of information about something that you weren't when you were 20 that's that's what i think and after you do you either love it or you hate it and you're clearly intrigued by it right uh, 100% some people if you turn on netflix you know you're going to see you know that they watched a lot of sitcoms and stuff as i get older my cue changes you know the odd documentary some biographies not saying i don't but i never would watch that when i was a kid you know mine I, too I I, i'm like looking back now movies yeah. i used to love that are on there i'm like i can't stomach that crap right now yeah, it's man, not it's, even it's phases of life that's why i often say andrew with like, i don't like to get political or anything and, and just people should listen to each other because like you got to understand that people are in like they're in different spots whether it comes to opinion on hockey or politics or fucking anything anything global warming abortion you name any issue guns that are hard to deal with that people don't want to talk about but there are issues that different times of life people are more informed on certain things they're more educated they're more experienced certain people have had their life threatened by certain things so there's people of all races and colors and backgrounds and experiences about all different kinds of experiences one way or the other and that's why, like, everybody gathers different information. We should all be listening to each other because we're not that different, right? We just had different processes that our brain went through. Could you tell I smoked a joint before we went on here? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I couldn't, actually. <laughs> yeah, I, do, I don't yeah, mind I saying well. it. Uh, you know, I, I, I tell people out there all the time, I got, you don't need to comment. I got medicinal marijuana, and it does me just fine. Um, but listen. I got to take off for other reasons. I got to get a bunch of these books out there. I know there's not much to be doing, but uh, I uh, got to take my daughter outside too. And we do a little thing where her and her friends, uh, we kind of go to a parking lot. We space ourselves out. At least they can see each other and communicate and say hi. And then uh, I'm going to take her down and uh, to the basketball court there. There's nobody there, so we're going to take some shots. And I consider that important and the whole time that we've been here. She's been in there on her video game and I, or on her phone, and I want to get her off of this. Uh, but I love talking to you, and i got to take off. No, no, I enjoy it. No, go do your thing. I, I, I'm the same way with those things, too, with my 7-year-old. I try to get him off that as much as possible. So That's it, man. And good we good schedule. chatting with you, man. Um, we'll do this again. Of course. We'll do this you know, again. Talk to your bro. We'll get him on. What I'll do, what I'll do um, because Tyler Morrison, I got him coming on on Sunday, and then I got a few guests lined up but let's say within the next couple of months if two months go by we too much time has passed within the next couple of months let's get you on let's say in may at some point uh with your brother does that sound cool oh i'd love to which tyler morrison from sherwood park alberta mississauga ontario or wakefield michigan uh he's a comedian ontario is he a hockey player uh, no, but he does a, he does a, he'd love to have you on his podcast. He does a thing called fight stories podcast. So I don't know if you've seen, remember like three or four months ago, you were asking me to go on your show and I said, I got to do some stand up. So what he's a stand up comedian. So he flies me up and say, we'll do like a place in Muskoka. I think we did Alora. Alora is the name of the place. Uh, two or three in uh, Muskoka, whatever it is. So he, him and a few other comedians do their thing. And then oh, I really? go on afterwards and, and tell, no, it was called Elora. It was tiny. It wasn't, it was a couple hours maybe drive from where we were first somewhere in Muskoka. But anyway, it was, um, 
that's what we do. So I have like a stand-up act, but it's almost, you know, I'm just telling hockey stories. So he pre you know, meaning it's not just that I let people know beforehand because if someone comes seeing a comedy show, lots of times someone's brought their wife and, you know, for their anniversary or something, and she doesn't even know what hockey is, and neither does he. And I'm like, oh, fuck, this is the wrong night for you. So I pre-advertise when I'm going. If you like hockey stories, it's great. Tyler has me on, and he makes it part of his podcast, and he's just a great guy, but he's really, really funny. He's one of the funny. He's fairly, fairly big in Canada, but he should be bigger. In any case, check him out. Check, follow him on Instagram, and he's got, like, little snippets. They're all hilarious. They're all hilarious. Before you go, are you acting? Yeah, yeah. I do some acting. Yeah, so... I'll tell you that, I guess. Riv showed me that one thing that, that, you, that you did. He, that's, uh, he, I remember the one day he was like, this is unbelievable. You were smoking a cigarette and you were, you were playing the part of trying to get a part. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I did a few of those. Yeah. That was amazing. I, I forgot. Um, yeah. And I, I, well, I got a break. Like I said, I, I got a folklore degree, right? I went back. I didn't know what to do. I had some money there, senior hockey, actually, and some leftover from pro to pay for it specifically. And um, so I took advantage of it. I said, I'm going to have free schooling and wait a few years and I'm not going to do it. I, I got a folklore BA, which really expands your mind and it's fun to do, but it doesn't pay well. There's no jobs around with a folklore degree. I was going to go on and do teaching, which required another year. But um, Alan Hawko, who's the lead actor on Republic of Doyle, um, you know, he just said, you want to come work on set? So I worked as a crew member for a while. And then long, long story short, I met Ethan Hawke and then I met... And, just for a brief weekend, but um, he kind of encouraged me to try acting. And then Jason Momoa was coming here to do Frontier. So I talked my way into an audition. And then did you see the very first scene in Frontier? That's, that's me when I get my throat slit. So that, that, that was my break because I still hadn't really spoken on camera yet. And when you speak on camera, you, you can be part of the union. Speak on camera or do like three appearances on camera. One, you got to speak, and the other two can be stunts. And I did a couple stunts. So then I was like, I had the opportunity. So I got an Actra and which is the union. And you know, it was big break. They gave me the very, very first scene in frontier. Watch, check it out tonight. Cause it's a good show. But anyway, then I got to know Momoa. He loves hockey. So then I took him to some games. Um, I hooked him up with some tickets out West. He's from LA and boom. Then I got a few calls. He put me in one of his movies called Braven as a stunt guy. And then we did, uh, couple of other shows overseas together and when i came back i just did letter kenny the boys um because once you once you get your foot in the door right and i got i that's why i keep my tooth out i could get my tooth paid for through my medical coverage but um with actra but i i don't because i get roles because of it i've been a pimp a drug dealer i got a movie coming out soon called a fire in the cold season and I'm, it's the first time i'm ever like a main character and i'm a badass but sure i know it i know it i talked to the director he's like yeah leave that tooth out you know, it looks fucking badass. So the you owe that sledgehammer. Yeah, it paid off. <laughs> paid off. Well, four of them are fake. This one just, this one just kind of, my right front one just kind of fell out after a hockey hit. But anyway, I, I left it out uh, because of that. And then I'm talking too much, but you did ask me, and people often, I don't tell that much on air, but that's how it happens. So now, like just today, I'll look and. There's still video auditions happening, right? So when I just answered one this morning. It's for a cop between 40 and 50. So I'll probably shave all this and put on like something. And we're doing, it's all video auditions now. So what do they do? Do they like uh, send you a script? Yeah. 
You know, they send you like it's it's they send you like a, a part of the script. Like they just send you lines, but it's usually part of a script. So like to to date when I audition, you do they tell if, you how, they, how they want it? You don't to get sound most. Or? Right? You get you got to you got to be ready to be let down and good with that and just use the experience and take a positive because other you won't last a day. It's not easy to go in and audition in front of people if you're not willing to get let down because the odds are they will. They'll and it's often about a look. It's often about a look, right? And you know, just like this cop. I'm not saying I can't play one, but you are you know, leaving a mustache? I don't know. I guess it's up to them if they think I can get it. I like leaving it. I, I just did. I left this beard for COVID, but I like it anyway because as an actor, I can always shave it off. But I can't. So once in a while, I'll let it go. I get a shitty beard, but you know, sometimes roles call for that. And I'd rather have too much hair than not enough. Right? Do whatever with it. You can cut it off, dye it, fucking whatever. Once I get the role. Um, anyway, uh, that that's it. But it, it's it's a bit of fun. I look at it as fun around here. Newfoundland is way overrepresented in the arts community. So take music or film or whatever. Like we've got studios here. We got Hudson and Rex is a major show and that goes on here. And that does me. So Hudson and Rex is filmed here. I was the, I was the, uh, the gunman, the, the villain in, in episode 11, season one. It's about a police dog. Um, so there's a, there's enough work around here that I'll always get a bit, but it's nothing. You, it pays well for the day, but you know, if, if I'm in six, features they usually try to get all your scenes in in one day and i'm not usually a main character so that means like six days on set pays well right pays about a thousand bucks when you're on but uh, unless you're you know yeah so for me great little side thing i love it it's fortunate to be in the acting industry but if you were like to really rely on it as your your job a unless you hooked something around here like on a permanent show which eh, it's not enough for you to go to toronto or la even then like I said, it pays well. I've been in things. If you were to watch episode 11 of Hudson and Rex, I play one of the main villain guys, you know, and there's three or four scenes that I'm going after the, the guy and the, the dog. I'm just a prick, right? But if you watch it, it would seem that, oh, because like, it takes about a week to film an episode. And when you're part of every second or third scene, it's like, oh, yeah, you... How did that go? And what was this like when people ask you? I'm like, I don't know. I went in like they, they don't want to pay me for every, all those days. So they just they'll film all your scenes in a row if they can. So it's great. But you're in it for a day, really. Right? Good yeah, pay. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. why it pays well, because you might not get another gig for another month. Right. So it's fun. <laughs> I'm talking too much. But anyway. no, it's great. It's fascinating to hear because you guess it would have paid better if you were back in the day when they ran out of film or the machine broke. Now everything's so easily digital. Yeah, like, you know, like I said, if you can, I did a movie last year, yeah, and I probably had six shooting days. That's why it's, if, if you're like not a star, it pays better to be a stuntman or a stunt. Because like on season three in Frontier, okay, in episode one or two, I'm in it again, I changed my look. And I'm the running man. So I see Jason Momoa, and he's Declan Harp in the film, in the, in the show. So I see him, and he sees me, and we make eye contact. And I know, I have a piece of knowledge, spoiler alert, I won't get, that he knows where it's a race. We got to go overseas and see Lord Benton. And he doesn't want me to get there first, because I have the news about him. So he chases me. So Lord Benton, that's a real person. This show, this show is about... Is, is, um, I'm not sure if this particular, yeah, I think it was, but this show is about the, the, the fur trade on the, like in the 17th. Carry on. Go on. I interrupted your story. Go, go no, on. It's all right. 
No, you're right though. Lord Benton might have been a because most of it, most of it oh is no, real. it's a fictional character. Sorry, okay. there's a there's a different Lord I'm thinking of. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, but Lord Benton definitely represents somebody because it's the red coats coming over to North America and you know clashing with the natives and then that's definitely a lot of it is documented. Uh, so this is a fact fictional kind of thing. But anyway, yeah. So like I'm, I see Momoa. Uh, it's I, I think it's for those that are going to put it on. It's season three of Frontier. It's either episode one or two. I think it's one, though, and it happens right off the bat. And there's a chase started. Well, he chases me, whatever. That's over. I get killed on the beach shortly after. But then I'm in all the battle scenes because you don't, again, as a stuntman, you don't have to see your face. So I could, we went over to England and shot outside of a castle in Bamburgh, in, uh, UK, up north. About, about two hours north of Newcastle. They got a hockey team. So two hours north, three hours north of Northcastle. But an hour south of Edinburgh, Scotland. That's where we were castle in Bamber, a little tiny town, but a huge castle. It was uh, in the movie Macbeth and, and others. So, and because there's cannons, it's natural. It's like a great place to shoot any battle scene. So we did it. But we had to do the battle. That took like two weeks. So I was in every battle. And you get paid roughly the same as, as a stunt guy or girl, some person. So, because there was girls doing it too. So we were, um, that was my best payday as, as an actor because it was like two weeks straight every single day, right? We, this is a battle scene, so we, we don't, we're not going to close in on your face anyway. And if we do, here's a bunch of blood splattered on your fucking face. They, you know, just go through, and there's like cannons going off, fake bombs in the fucking uh, the, the, you know, sand, boom, but busting up cannons everywhere, people fighting, swords. It was fucking chaos, but you can't see anybody's face. So you're like loving it. You're going, yeah, now if you were just an actor and you didn't do stunts, you'd never get those days. So I guess I always wondered how they shot those battlefield scenes in movies like that. They were shows like that. This was so fun. Watch season. I'm going to send you after this season. Frontier is only three seasons, about five episodes, six episodes each. It's worth your while. It's a great show. And Momoa really helped him. You know, he was coming from Khal Drago on Game of Thrones. He was going to be Aquaman. And this role is right in between. And it's a little bit of both. And it's fucking great. And, And it's a lot of it is real. You know, like all this happened when it was going to happen and stuff. We just fictionalized Declan Harp. We inserted him into real history. But, you know, the Redcoats came over and, you know, it's, North America was being conquered and there was a lot of conflict going on. This, this kind of dwelled on the fur trade. But anyway, and then there's, there's, they meet the Scots in the third, uh, the Red, British Redcoats meet the Scots in, in the third season. And that was all. We went over for like three months, man. Into That was only last, 2018. Yeah. We went over this time two years ago. We were doing like three months. It was fucking unbelievable. But that's where the, uh, the money is if you're not a star is definitely in stunts because there's so many days of it. Right? Like that's I'm, I'm burnt. I can never be on Hudson and Rex again with my face because I was on, like I told you, I think it's, it's either episode nine or 11, season one. I'm the villain. But I've already been on twice, back twice to do a stunt. Right, it might be a stunt for a stunt double. Maybe, maybe the main actor. If if you happen to match up height and weight, because it's all about lighting. Well, right? if they need like a six foot four, two hundred and forty pound dead guy under like a tarp or something with a hockey toe player man. Out. I'm writing. A, I'm I'm also working on. Shouldn't say writing altogether, but I'm I'm helping to form ideas with a friend about something that might be hockey related. I don't want to give anything else out. If so. Of course. What do you mean? You couldn't play a fucking tough guy on a team? You've done it. You're no, just I, I, I want to play a skilled guy. No, fuck that. You're coming I, in as... <laughs> I want to be a big guy that you got to come and protect. I oh, wanna wow. Be the, 
I want to be the big skilled guy that like doesn't want to do it. I don't want to be the Mario Lemieux. Okay. I want to be Lemieux. But okay. only Lemieux, Lemieux had some jam. I don't think anybody wanted to get punched out. No, he lost it a couple like, times. Can you imagine if, yeah, yeah. Uh, if, I want to be the guy that is scared out there, that everyone has to protect, the big guy. Wow, okay, in, an, in, a, in another world. Okay, uh, we'll work on that. That's how we'll leave it. You think I'm kidding? Because that's who I really was. I didn't Wait, want to be fighting. You, you, know, you're, you'd say scared. You were never scared. It was, you, you had an anxiety about it. You were oh, good no at question. it. You had a, you were no good question. at it, and you know there was some good and bad with, that came with it. But no, you were tough, and you are tough. Uh, and the lost sleep the night before was the worst part of the job. Yeah, that's the bad. afternoon nap, waking up, cold sweats. You got to go to the park. Well, you can't with your really like. I remember like once being and this is the punch I took from Ryan Vanderbush that I told you one of the three. I knew I was going to fight somebody, and I was playing that night with Sylvain Blouin and. and um, at least oh remember I was, so he was yeah he's tough so if i was on his line i knew that i'd be playing against the probert line and i knew Vandenbush was playing so i was like i definitely don't want you know i i don't i, I seriously too like i was like i don't want to fight bob probert like I, i'm not gonna be that stupid but i'm trying to make it here like and you know Vandenbush, although shorter than me as an absolute canon uh a asterisk check out or hashtag check out nick kiprios but but I remember like that morning and I got up and we were at, um, oh, what's the fame? The Drake. Is it? The, no, not the Drake, but there's a famous Chicago Chicago. Drake. Is it? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Famous. And I remember having breakfast there and you know, I, I, I just read about the Beatles eating there and how famous the hotel was. And I loved it. And you know, you get the fuck, you come down and you get whatever you want in the NHL feels good, right? You have your breakfast. I went out for a walk there, the lakes close. And I was like, I'm, I'm not enjoying the day, though. I can't because the anxiety that's in me. I can't stop thinking about what might happen in a few hours. Even though worst case scenario happened, then it didn't matter. It couldn't have been any worse. Right? He punched me out. He punched me the fuck out. But, I, you know, I, looking back, like, it doesn't really bother me that he did that. It's just the anticipation of knowing that, you know, this day is a little bit different. Everybody around that I'm looking at is not going through today what I'm going through. It's just whether it's, whether it's butter, it could have been happy butterflies. It was just unnecessary anxiety. Totally know it. Lived it. It's the worst. That's well, the absolute worst. It's the absolute worst feeling. Yeah, it's 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 definitely. I've had better feelings. Yeah, and I, I, I think it, it almost. And I talk about when I retired. The first thing I actually when I actually I quit, but when I retired but I, I quit, but I retired. That was the first thing I said. It wasn't the fights. It wasn't the training. It wasn't the healthy scratches. It wasn't the, it was the fact that I never, ever had to lose sleep because of the anxiety of not knowing what was going to happen in a few hours when I had to fight the biggest, toughest guy on the other team, if it ended up happening. And if we're both in the lineup, Odds are. Now, I will, I will tell you something else that I don't know if, like, because I, I had it from, like, I was also on the other side of that. I would always fight, but say in Tri-Cities, it also happened to me when I wasn't scoring. So I went, like, three games without scoring, and I was relied on. I also got anxiety. I don't think it was as bad as oh. I might be like, but I, I got anxiety, but 
it's a different kind of anxiety. And even though, like, I wasn't scared of a punch in the face, but you're right. It's just like, I'm going to be the show, and this guy might hit me with something that's going to fucking put me out, right? Like, you're, you're putting yourself in the line of fire with a bare fist. It's not even really, it's not even similar to boxing. And I'm not saying boxing is any work, because boxing, you have to stand in there with a trained fighter for like 10 rounds. That's totally different for other reasons and harder for other reasons. But this particular... If you're not a boxer and there's a first for everybody, people get in there, you're like, I'm going to take a bare knuckle from an accomplished fighter right now in the nose, right? Or the orbital bone. You, you know what's that? <laughs> it all circles back, though. We couldn't one punch Bruce Lee on the ice on skates. Yeah, on the ice on skates. Um, and and be- beautifully said. Here we go. So I definitely got to go now. This is unbelievable. I've been making my exit for 45 minutes. How long have we been on? It's 4.59 here, so two hours almost. Oh, my God. That's crazy. And then I did a little tiny thing at the beginning, and I'm supposed to. I got a whole thing about going to talk about. uh, What was I going to talk about? So I was going to talk about Fort McMurray. And I kind of already did earlier. Painkillers, classic NHL. I've been watching those games lately. Oh, fucking unbelievable. Ken Reed had a story, a hockey card guy. Uh, check him out if you haven't. Uh, yeah, follow. Legal Weed and Jason Podolan's podcast. So I'm not going to get to any of those. And I only asked you about three questions that any of these fans wanted to uh, ask you. But I consider it another great conversation. And we'll have you back again, of course, uh, with your brother. Let's say a month from now. Let's say within the month. Let's say within. Look this forward month, to it. We got to get that done. And um, but you got to come on our show within before that. Well, tell me when. Yeah, with me and Rivy. Me and well, let's figure it out for next week. Okay. We're ten. To, we're ten to noon Eastern Standard. You say the day. I'll just okay. plan it around. It's I will, I'm pretty I much will, wide open. I will check uh, tonight and tomorrow, and I'll get back to you tomorrow on what day works best. Sounds good, AP. Another good you are one. The man. I You're appreciate the man. it. We'll, uh, we'll talk soon. Thank you very much for coming on. Another decent conversation. Have a good one. Stay safe, buddy. See you on the flip side. Is that how it goes? Catch you on the rebound. Catch you on the rebound. That's what it is. See ya. <laughs> There you go. Time flies when you're having fun. There's two hours um, went by with Andrew. I think that might be my longest one yet. A lot to say, though. We have a, a lot of uh, similar worldviews. And I, I got to be honest, though, I just um, but I enjoy uh, listening to his stories, to be honest. Uh, so thanks again to Andrew Peters. And we'll have Andrew and his brother, Jeff, who's also got a great story, another successful professional hockey player. We'll have them back on soon. Uh, the next podcast that I have coming up on Sunday, I believe, um, will be Tyler Morrison. And Tyler is a Canadian comedian. In my opinion, should be uh, more popular than he is. And That's uh, not an insult in any way, Tyler. That is a total uh, compliment, as I'm sure you know. Uh, it's not out of his doing. He's real funny. It's not an easy world to make it in. And... Um, Canada has some great. I did the circuit up a couple of years ago in Toronto, and man, it's uh, there's a lot of great talent, as I'm sure a lot of big cities. But uh, Toronto's kind of known for having an unbelievable comedy scene.
and I can't argue with that. Southern Scholar socks. Southern Scholar makes superior dress socks for men. Southern Scholar has reinvented the dress sock to form fit your foot and stay up your leg. Guaranteed to be the best dress socks you've ever worn or your money back. Use promo code THPN for $5 off your next purchase. There's that, and, uh, and Southern Scholar socks are awesome, to be honest with you. I got a bunch of pairs. I would say it anyway because we're being paid to say it, but uh, I would. I love Southern Scholar socks. Uh, Penny Posh, uh, women's wear reimagined, pennyposhdesigns.com. Check it out. The hoodies are unbelievable. $129.99 during this COVID if you go through me. Uh, we're going to sell them for $69.99, and uh, with the, it's my ex-wife, but uh, I think they're awesome. So I told her I'd, I'd uh, help her out and try to get the word out there because they really are awesome, and we have had nothing but positive feedback. Of course, $69.99 for a hoodie, and I'm going to throw in a picture signed and my dad is also going to throw in a picture signed so there's that um just shoot me a note or go to pennyposhdesigns.com okay so once again thank you to everybody uh that listened this week fort mcmurray uh good luck we love you uh by we i guess i mean newfoundlanders but canadians uh north americans earth citizens whatever it might be Turn your focus to Fort McMurray, and uh, I'm guessing there's going to be some sort of relief fund. The flood looked pretty bad. So much like a few years ago when we all got together and helped them out during their big fire, uh, let's really look and, and try to donate some time and energy into the cause. If nothing else, a lot of people are hurting for coin right now, um, so, which is understandable. But uh, maybe even on social media, write a piece, make a tweet, whatever it might be. Make people aware. Uh, because. The more we can help, the better off they'll be. And we need to unite. Outside of that, thank you to the Hockey Podcast Network for making this all possible. Uh, setting me up with a dandy mic and producing my show each day. All I have to do is record. I send it off and the boys produce it for me. Dylan and Isha, you know who you are. Thank you very much. Also, thank you to Sportscraft on Ropewalk Lane in Newfoundland. Sportscraft, who bought us our jerseys in 1997-98. Mount Pearl, we won the Junior All-Newfoundland Baseball Championship. Sportscraft bought us our jerseys. Thank you very much. We needed them. We look sharp. Look good, feel good, play good. We won. Thank you to Damon Lankow, who's out there somewhere, I believe, in Phoenix for burying 67 times in our draft year and getting me most of those 60 assists, helping me get drafted, if I haven't mentioned it before, eighth overall. Thank you to St. Bonaventure's College, which is a K-12 school here in St. John's that when I was, now it's a private school, when I was coming through, it wasn't. Thank you to Brother Estrada, who was the principal, and skipped me a grade from kindergarten to one which allowed me when I was 16 and 17 and 18 to work more on hockey and focus on that when I needed to. Thank you for skipping me a grade, Brother Estrada, in 1982. Thank you to the Montreal Canadiens for taking a chance on me in 1995. Hey, guys, you win some and you lose some. But uh, it was a dandy time in my life. Thank you very much. Thank you to Paul McCartney for convincing John Lennon to Stick with it. Keep recording. 
Sergeant Pepper, even though it sounded silly to Lennon at the time. Thank you very much, Paul. It's one of my favorite albums ever and got me through some tough times. Thank you to Johnny Cash for just being Johnny Cash. And of course, thank you to Gillette, the very best a man can get. See you next week, folks. Thank you.